0: Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio on the airwave dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey, who is a newly branded handmaid, and Megan, who has 100% apprehension over her upcoming shark's eulogy for Puck Daddy. Thanks, Wasinski. Thanks a lot.
1: My Garbage Fire pod is all about being unironic... Oh
0: my god, let's just give up.
1: Unironically <laughs> passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. I think we're gonna start with some Oilers updates. As yeah, Oilers we love do. the Oilers. <laughs> There's some conflicted feelings about. Uh, ironically and
0: everything. <laughs> yes. Okay, you want to talk about uh, when you went to Game Two, the yeah. Molson Hockey House?
1: Um, the Molson Hockey House. If If you're not familiar, is the section of Ford Hall that um, previously in the regular season you could get into, and there'd be like cheap beers and it's kind of like a a pub atmosphere just outside. The game. So you're in the arena, but not in the arena. You're not past the gates. You're not in the concourse, but you're in that section that hangs over the street.
0: Oh, so you didn't have to pay $80 to get in and not no. be able to see the game? because
1: how it works is it's a draw. So you can win up to four tickets uh, for each game. And my sister happened to win four tickets. So oh, nice. me and her and her husband, our friend Davis uh, all went and immediately we were like, this may suck. Like, this may be a terrible experience, but if it is, tickets are free, so we'll just go home. Um, And our main concern was there's a thousand tickets. That's a lot of people.
0: And it's and it, not really a huge space.
1: No, it really isn't. And it's standing room, right? There's, there's no chairs. And especially if a game goes to OT, you're there four, four and a half,
0: five hours. Well, and also those games are starting at 8 o'clock, so... And the doors
1: open for it at 5.30. Oh my god. Which is way too early. Way too early. Uh, So we did end up going, and it was actually pretty fun. Uh, The Oilers, just if you follow me on Twitter, they posted a picture that they took of us uh, on uh, that game, and I retweeted it, of course, Instagram famous and Twitter famous yet again due to some hockey (laughs) things. (laughs) which is my sister. Um, But it was actually really fun. They had uh, an amazing DJ before the game and during uh, intermission oh nice it was like a straight up like party atmosphere yeah. and they had um, not like the CBC feed I imagine it was CBC whoever was broadcasting it we got to listen to Jack Michaels call it oh cool which was so much better way
0: better than listening to CBC or Sportsnet or whoever yeah yeah
1: the one criticism was it was like the sort of jumbotron screen from inside for most of it okay so we saw the fans and we saw what was happening in there But what they didn't have was the penalty clock. Oh, so so when
0: guys are, are on power play or whatever, you don't know. We had
1: no idea how much time was left, how much time it was for, unless they said it. Which was really strange. I wonder if they fixed that since then. Interesting. Because I think on the screen it shows up below. It doesn't show up like on oh, okay. the jumbo itself, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, on the
0: on the scoreboard in the arena, it's not actually on the game footage. It's yeah. below. It's below right. with the
1: player's number and whatever. Yeah. So that was really strange, but overall it was really, really fun. And like the tickets were free. Beers were so even more if It expensive. wasn't
0: super fun. Yeah. It's free tickets, right?
1: The beers were eleven dollars and not five.
0: Oh, those dicks!
1: Yeah, and that's ridiculous. A stupid pizza seventy three pizza was ten dollars, like um, a slice. No, or like, little like the little circle ones. Oh my god! Yes, and water's five dollars, like it always is. But, uh, but it's just a little bit of a bummer. But it was still really fun. That's and, awesome. Yeah,
0: that's good. Um, I went to game five on uh, Thursday. Mm-hmm. Was that Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Thursday. Today's Saturday, by the way. Game six goes tonight. Yeah. Um, which.
1: Feelings. We'll talk
0: about that in a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, so I went on, on Thursday um, to game five with a friend of mine, and we bought tickets up in the skybox seats, um, which I would highly recommend if you have the money. Just do it for a game. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Like, this, the seating, our sight lines were good. Um, I'm a little tall. And so A little tall, Megan You're a giant I'm I'm a little bit taller than, like, average people, I suppose (laughs) Um, and so Sitting in those seats I had to actually kind of, like, slide forward and slouch down a bit So that the glass barrier wasn't cutting off part of the ice Because if I sat up straight The glass barrier was, like, across the far blue line Oh So I I didn't have to slouch down a lot But enough to, like, you know Figure things out And so, anyway That was maybe my only criticism of the whole thing Um That's incredible it was awesome. Um, sitting up there was really cool, and you get to see like how play develops and stuff, and how like mm-hmm. um, a different viewpoint than on TV because at the end of the ice, rather than sitting along like between the blue lines or whatever, um, it was lots of fun. It was expensive. We paid 400 bucks a piece for our seats, Wow. which is like insane. And so at the end of the night, my friend says to me. She says, was it worth the money? And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, insofar as anything this dumb is worth $400. dollars i like, sure, why not?
1: <laughs> the value like, matches the experience. Yeah, it
0: was fun. Like, I had, a, I had fun, but it was just like, I thought about it, and she texted me, and she's like, do you want to go? And I was like, oh, no. And then I looked at the text again, and I was like, oh, fuck, fine, let's do it. And it was just <laughs> sort of like, obviously we're going to go. Like, um, And no, I'm glad we went. And so where we were sitting, that's why I think you should try it if you have the opportunity, and if it's not at Roger's Place. I know uh the Bell Centre in Montreal has a very similar mm. um sort of setup like it's like the Bell Club or something like that and like also at uh Rogers they also have like the SportsNet Club yeah, which, which offers right the same below, kind I of think. things right below where yeah. we were. But there was like a free buffet for people sitting there um and I think you got um I'm pretty sure non-alcoholic drinks were included in the cost of your ticket. Um you had to pay for your booze fair. which was totally fair. Um but they have Pretty decent selection of booze and, and drinks and stuff like that. Um, and you get like in in seat drink service and like the seats are wider and there's more leg room and like there's a whole bunch more things. Obviously you're paying more money for it. Um, and it was funny because I ran into a couple of my buddies from that I know from Twitter who were at the game. One I saw beforehand and one I saw at first intermission and they both have seats on the upper deck. Yeah. And that concourse is a goddamn disaster. Like, the upper trying, deck one is hard. Ridiculous yeah. it's and way what's, too bad. What's really stupid is like inside the skybox where we were. There was a bathroom, and I, I went to the bathroom twice, um, and there was nobody in there at the yeah. time. And then you, as soon as you go out onto the concourse, there's just lineups of people. And and so my friend Dave was explaining the problem for them. Like, he sits up not far from where the skybox is, and the skybox bathrooms are the closest bathrooms he for can't his go seats, in but he can't go in. So he's got to go all the way around to the middle you of the You truly concourse. were
1: a tier one fan. We were,
0: like, a tier one plus. Wow. I would never do it again, because, like, the money, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But for a playoff game... Right?
1: During the regular season, is it cheaper than 400
0: I would you know? assume so, but I don't know for sure. No. okay. Um, I don't know anyone who sits there. The guy that was sitting beside us, that's, those are like his season tickets, and I was like, whoa, what? That's like... Wow. I can't even imagine.
1: Did you get any deets about
0: him? No, none whatsoever. Oh. He was there with his kid, so... Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah. No. no. Um, but no, it was good. It was lots of fun. Um, uh, people are a little crazy. 100%. Just a little bit. Like, it's, and it's funny, too. Like, I'm not a big fan of crowds. It's like, why did you go to a hockey game? Because I'm an idiot. But, like, whatever. Um, and I'm really not a fan of crowds. And so, in a way, I was kind of glad we were sitting where we were, because I didn't have to deal with
1: it. You're a bit segregated, yeah.
0: Um, which, like, sounds really hoity-toity and shitty, and that's not what I'm getting at. It's just, it was nice to not have to be in that crush of people. Because, like, after the game, as when we went down the escalator and then we're walking out on the concourse to get out of the building, there's, like, people walking by and, like, trying to high-five me, and I was just not having any of that. Like, just don't <laughs> touch me, I don't know you. And it was just, it was too much. And so up where we were, it didn't, I didn't have that same kind of feeling. So for me, like, I know, like, a personal comfort level, yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed that part of that experience. And I liked being able to see the whole ice. I like being able to see everything, like, totally unobstructed. Yeah. Um, Because they've got it designed in such a way that you're, even the people in this, we were in the front row of our box, and the people in the second row, like, I could lean all the way forward if I wanted to, and the people behind me could still see.
1: So they're a little bit higher up. They're quite high. Okay. There's like
0: three or four steps between levels, and it's the same pitch as the upper deck. So it's quite a. Yeah, you're not crammed in like sardines, right?
1: But it still feels so steep.
0: It's super steep.
1: It scares me. Like that's where our tickets were for the Taylor Hall game. The, sorry, the New Jersey Devils game. <laughs> <laughs> were
0: it was the Taylor Hall On game. the That's upper deck, long.
1: and we were only like six rows down from the very top. And I was just like, it's, I didn't want to, like, I stayed in my seat, I think, the whole time. Like, my sister got me food. Steep. I was not comfortable with walking up No, it's very
0: steep. Like, almost scary. almost dangerously so.
1: Especially um, once you've had eight, nine, ten beers. Good lord. Okay, well,
0: that was, that was the thing I was going to say, like, about people being crazy. So, one of the guys that was sitting at the end of our row, Um, he, I don't know how much he had to drink. Way too much. Yeah. Um, and like you, all there is be, between you and like tumbling to your death below is like a glass barrier and there's no railing and it's just glass. Mm-hmm. And so you can see through like it's good, but I don't know how secure it is. And so this guy, he was just so drunk. He could bang on the glass. And then at one point in time in the third, he stood up and then he went to go get another drink. And I was just like, buddy, what are you doing? Like you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. Um, we were like legitimately worried he was going to just take a header right over that glass barrier. are
1: there limits at Rogers is like i think so they can refuse
0: service they can public. but i don't know that it happens all that often
1: because there's this expectation of yeah. what a sports fans behavior should be i
0: think i think that might be a little bit and like i was saying to to my buddy dave um shout out to camper dave i'm not drinking Tim Hortons coffee today by the way got the starbucks it's all good <laughs> um and we were talking about that and one of the things that i think is interesting too because of these late games especially um, like, a game that starts at 7, I think, has a very different vibe than a game that starts at 8.30. Oh, yeah. Because a game that starts at 7, people might legitimately be coming from work. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they only have time to, like, stop home and, like, grab their jersey and go. And their kids and their dinner. And or whatever, And shovel it right? down and you're out. Yeah. Whereas if the game starts at 8.30, like, you might meet some people downtown for drinks, but you're off work at, like, 5 or 5.30, you get down about 6, and then... You got a couple hours to kill, so you just keep drinking, and you get to the rink, and you have another couple beers, and you just kind of keep going. So, like, the bathroom problem that exists is partially because of that as well, I think. I think that's one of the issues, is that people are drinking more, Mm -hmm. and they're drinking more before they get there.
1: Yeah, and Paula Simons had a really interesting uh, article about that in the journal, and she was asking for feedback on Twitter, and I've sat in, like, all three sections, like, upper I was in a box once and then lower too and I have never had this problem that people say exists with the bathroom so I realized it was really coming from a male perspective they've yes. never had to wait
0: yes and like and we're women very are just to...
1: trained to that like yeah. I plan ahead I'll ride a half hour early go to the bathroom have one drink mm-hmm. while I'm there one beverage whatever it is yeah and space it out so that if i do have to go to the bathroom it's at the very end of the game
0: yeah when like not a whole bunch of people are trying yeah. to get in and you're not worried about missing the action or whatever yes yeah. and Absolutely. also
1: what do you expect is going to happen when you go to the bathroom during the intermission everyone's going to go to the yeah. bathroom then
0: especially in the playoffs because in the article there's an article in the national post um kind of as a response not as a response to simon's but sort of like as a an addendum yeah and they talked to some season ticket holders and uh ryan batty who uh is I follow him on Twitter and Oh yeah. We talk about <laughs> related stuff sometimes. Anyway, whatever. Um he he's a season ticket holder and he was talking, one of his observations is that he's noticing in his section at least there's more men. Yeah. At the games, fewer kids, um, and there's more people staying right until the end of the period. Yes. Rather than getting up like two or with two to or three minutes because they want to see the yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And so when you have that, plus you have however many thousands of people going up those stairs on that second level to get to those bathrooms, yeah, there's going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. They're not really necessarily well-placed, I don't think.
1: But in a stadium... That's true. There's 19,000 people yeah. there. You think you're going to be able to just waltz into a bathroom?
0: But, like, it's funny. You're, the point about, like, they coming from a male perspective, you're 100% right. Because, like, we're just 100% used to waiting... Yes. ...for the bathroom at all times. Because it takes times. longer. But you just get used to the idea. Like, you just get really good at watching and spotting when the stall door opens, and you just... If you're first in line, you go. You go. And yeah. it's real quick... And then you're in and out and it's done. Whereas, like, I don't know. I'm not sure. One of my buddies had a suggestion that they should have pay toilets like they have in Europe.
1: Oh, give me a break Like, premium pay toilets. So it's
0: not like, the open bathrooms.
1: Not this two-tier system. But
0: just think about it, though. <laughs> if somebody really needs to go, they would absolutely be willing to pay money to use the bathroom.
1: If that money went to the Oilers Community Foundation, I'd
0: be that able was that. That was, his, that was uh, yeah. sort of his idea. That would be a great idea. But, like, just think about that. If somebody, like, really had to go. Because they're yeah. still, despite the long lineups, like... There's still bathroom etiquette. Yes. And just because you really have to go doesn't mean the people in front of you don't really have to go. So you can't just walk in front. But, like, if you would be willing to pay a toonie to use, like, a private bathroom stall, like they do in Europe, why not? Interesting. People would absolutely do it.
1: That made me furious that I had to pay to go to the bathroom in Europe. Like, (laughs) furious. (laughs) Because I still had Invisalign at that moment. Oh, yeah. So after every meal, you have have to to brush your teeth and put them back in. And in Italy, this, like, bathroom attendant was, like, screaming at me. And I was, like, toothbrush over the sink. Like, lady, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. (laughs) I also don't (laughs) speak Italian. I paid to get in here. I'm brushing my friggin' teeth.
0: (laughs) Um, When I was living in Ireland, I I found the same thing. Not in all the public bathrooms, but, like, the St. Stephen's Green Shopping Center, which was close to my house. And I would go there sometimes for, like, to the bookstore or whatever. In the bathroom there, I think it was 20 cents to pay. Like, it wasn't a lot, but it was just enough that, like, you know... Yeah, that you had to pay, and there was, and I mean, they were very well kept, and all that kind of stuff. Do you think as well.
1: that's a a measure to avoid, you know, something like Paris, where there's human feces on the streets? I think so. Hmm. I think. Maybe but then, that's how it. can a homelessness population? I don't know. That's the point. It's cheap enough that they can. Yeah,
0: yeah. Huh. I'm not sure, but yeah. Anyway, so that was sort of my observation about the. The bathroom thing, but I walked from, like, the skybox around to behind section 215 at the first intermission, and it was just a gong show. Yeah. It was just people, and there's, because there's, like, also beer carts and, and concessions, as well as bathroom lineups and people just trying to move. Yeah. And so there was a lot of people crammed into a very small space. And so I'm not sure if they thought that out really well. I don't know. That's But
1: also it's like, yeah, you're in a fucking hockey game.
0: That's true. Like, that is fair. That's a fair point.
1: Like, what? Well, you're not going to have a personal waiter there for you unless you're in club seats. I kind of did. I'm not going to lie. Well, or that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But if you're a regular schmell, uh-huh. paying 200 a ticket...
0: Only $200. <laughs> so in that National Post article, there was a guy who... Uh, wanted to remain anonymous because he sounds like just a first class douchebag. Okay. Um, he usually sits, I think, in the cl- the Sportsnet Club or maybe in the Skybox. I'm not sure. But he made a comment about how when he sits down in the 200s with the steerage, <gasps> he legitimately called. He said, steerage. he said steerage. And then they they respected his request to remain anonymous. Oh my god, why? I would have printed his name and his picture and probably his phone number and been like go hard, guys. Because wow. like it's not cheap to go to a hockey game. S-
1: Steerage. Steerage.
0: That's how people think of you, by the way. Those people sitting up in the skybox, that's how they think of you. If you're sitting up in the the 200s at Rogers Place. Wow. Can you imagine?
1: And the steer
0: the steerage. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was going to say the steerage seats, now it's ingrained in my brain. They're not cheap.
0: No, they well that was just that was a point like, I was just going to make like it's not cheap to go to a mm-hmm. game. Like I don't know what your tickets cost for that New Jersey game.
1: Uh 120 each. We got 4.
0: Yeah, like that's a fair amount of money mm-hmm. for an evening's entertainment.
1: At Rexall, that would have been like sixty, way up there where we were sitting.
0: Yeah, like maybe seventy bucks, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, our seats where we were, where Dad and I were, down behind the bench, like they were three oh five or three hundred yeah. bucks or something face value. Yeah, um, but like. It, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, there are there are Oilers season ticket holders who think of those of you who can't afford the really expensive tickets as I wonder steerage. what he thinks
1: of those people in the Molson Hockey House who got in for free
0: and by a lottery. My bet would be he thinks more of them than the people who paid eighty dollars to stand on the concourse. That would be my prediction. People, I hope you're not doing. Don't that. do that. Don't, Don't be dumb. Do that. It's just a money grab. Really.
1: And you're just apparently taking up valuable toilet space. Yeah, that's all you're
0: doing. Like, you're not doing any good for anyone else. You're just taking up bathroom space. Yeah. So, GTFO. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I just think it's dumb. Why would you pay to go stand on the concourse of a building?
1: No, I don't get that either. Um, that's, like, I would pay. FOMO. I would pay to
0: stand on a concourse for a concert. Okay. Without seeing the show. Yeah, okay. I would do that. Because you can still overall. hear it. Because you can still hear it. I would do that over a, a sporting event, for sure. Yeah, I was at John
1: Mayer on Monday. I didn't really need to see him doing his weird
0: <laughs> sex faces as he <laughs>
1: did guitar solos.
0: I went uh on Tuesday night, I went to watch the hockey game with uh, some friends, and one of the guys that was there had been at John Mayer. And then I when he H. John Mayer. Just like...
1: Why was he there? Because uh,
0: his neighbor had tickets, and then like their kids were sick, and so they couldn't go, and so... They took the tickets off their hands, essentially, and yeah. he went, and he was just angry. Like, 24 <laughs> hours later, still angry about how much he hates John Mayer. It was actually kind of funny. He's like, it I'm was sure... a good he... show. And what, that's what he said. He's like, I'm sure people who like John Mayer probably really enjoyed the show. Oh, he's the like, f- He's oh like, I don't love John Mayer, and so, like, I yeah. couldn't care Seriously, less. Seriously,
1: though, the people who went to that concert, this is a real tangent we're on now, but the people who went were so dumb. It was like they'd never been to a concert before. I could not believe it. Really? They didn't realize that the concert is not over until the house lights come up.
0: Right? Yeah, of course.
1: Because you stand and you clap because there's an encore coming. There's always an encore. Always. Always.
0: The only show I've ever been to where there was no encore was Bob Dylan. He got on stage, he played for like 95 minutes, said thank you, good night, and walked off, and that was it.
1: (laughs) And honestly,
0: Fair. Yeah, but he didn't say a word on stage. It was very strange.
1: No, I've heard that, yeah. that that's a thing. It was a great
0: show, but that was the only time I've been to a concert where there has not been an encore. Yeah. Everything else I've ever been to, there's an encore.
1: And it's unlikely that you're especially for John Mayer, it's unlikely that you're like a new fan. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no. He's been around as yeah. me and my friend Davis look like, since two thousand one. That yeah. made us feel very old. But it was so bizarre. The concert was good because he split it into uh four sections. So it was full band, and then acoustic, and then his like blues trio, oh, and nice. then the full band again. Cool. And then an encore. An encore. And the, I swear to God, fifty percent of the people stood up immediately and started walking out
0: when he was done. Like the yes, wow, the, the second full band. And missed the I was encore. Like,
1: no, and all of a sudden, he comes back on. And, come back and they come running And I was just like, you guys are so dumb. I could not believe that's funny. it. That's funny. And they were, like, racing to get out of there. Not even, like, lingering. It was just like, okay. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a credit to how they felt
0: yeah. about the concert. I don't know. <laughs>
1: it was so bizarre.
0: That's, that is weird. That's really strange. Because, like, you know, right? And especially if you've been a fan of somebody long enough, like... There comes a point where you're listening, and you're like, what could they, like, what haven't they played? And like, he what hasn't
1: they... played Gravity yet. It's coming in the yeah. encore. Yeah, well,
0: and that's just it. Like, what are the songs yes. that they haven't played that you know are big hits, and yeah. like, what what's coming up? And that's how you know. Like, that's gonna be in the encore, obviously.
1: It was um, nuts.
0: That's funny. People are ridiculous.
1: People are so dumb.
0: Just in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just about sports or music. Just generally. What else we got? Is this a
1: good transition to talk about Bill O'Reilly?
0: Um... <laughs> we should talk about grammar first. Okay. Because I, like, I just really enjoy this because it, I've been thinking about Wayne's World all week because of this. <laughs> ultimately. So, um... On Twitter, we got a... I don't know if we got a question or if we just noticed it We just the guy that we follow it, yeah. um, from our, our pod account. Um... What's his Twitter handle? Herky13, I think. His name's Dave, anyway. Yeah. Um, and there was a question that he... He tweeted at someone else. Yeah, okay, he tweeted uh, he tweeted a question at somebody else. Um, no, he, he, it was just a, a question. It said, is Hosebeast one word or two? And his hashtag was burning questions. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, forgot to tag uh, Canadian Nicole, who I follow. She's a Habs fan. She's great. Um, so, assuming the question a co- for her. Yeah, a question for her, and there's some context, and I don't really know what it is, yeah. and it doesn't really matter. And then we were kind of discussing it. Yes. Uh, I feel like you texted me.
1: I did. Yes. I screenshotted it and texted you because I was like, I love this question. Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> so,
0: we were we were like, this doesn't mean grammar time on the garbage fire pod. <laughs> um, and so we came to this a conclusion, but when, he, when it, he said hose beast, I started thinking of the scene in Wayne's world where Stacy is, like, riding her 10-speed bicycle with the collar, because she's, like, with the neck collar.
1: Isn't that Lara Flynn Boyle, too? Yes. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, and,
0: and then Garth is, sees her coming while, like, him and Wayne are playing street hockey, and he's, like, psycho hose beast. and then she, like, runs into the back end of that car, and, like, that's all I've been seeing all week, thinking about whether Hosebeast was one word or two. Yeah. So is Hosebeast one word or two?
1: I think it is one word. Why? Because if you think... Ugh, I know that I... I sent you a big, long explanation on she Twitter. She did. And I, I should have screenshot it and kept it, because we've talked about so many things since then. It's in the ether. But I think that the attachment of the word hose yeah. is a negative connotation okay. word, and it modifies the noun of beast. So they should be one word rather than two. That's
0: fair. Because the
1: noun fair. hose is unknown when separate from the word beast.
0: Discuss. Fair. You know, I, I think I agree. I think it has to be one. hmm I think it has to be one word. Because, like, what is... Yeah, I don't understand what... Because like elsewhere, if it's split into beast, two,
1: what is hose space beast? Yeah. The meaning is...
0: Very different. And also, none. Yeah. Like, unintelligible. It just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, hose beast is an, an insult.
1: Absolutely an insult.
0: Yeah. I don't really know what it means. I mean, I do know what it means, but I don't do really... Do you think it's
1: a playoff, like, hoser?
0: It might be. It's possible. I mean, it was Wayne's World. <laughs> like, if I'm yeah, thinking it's... about it in that context, sure. Um, I don't know. It was a good question. It and was we, a did good a question. we did have a long discussion about it,
1: and that came after I was marking for like two hours. She
0: was yeah. looking
1: at grammar, and I was like, "This yeah. is a question that's relevant to me in my life in this moment."
0: Yeah, it really, <laughs> really is. Yeah, we were talking about that actually, um, the other day about how much of our lives are informed by our jobs. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just an awful lot.
1: It is an awful like, lot. Like, just too much. Halfway through the semester, yeah, stuff's getting real.
0: Pretty much dying. Um,
1: so, host beast, one word. Host beast
0: is one word, Dave. Stamp of approval. Stamp of approval from us. From and we probably know what we're talking the about. The most learned people you know. <laughs> 100%, yeah. We are grammar exit. We are not. I was talking to somebody at work yesterday um, and I, I mean, I, I teach English as well. You might not know that. But, um, He was talking about how one of his students, she's an international student from Vietnam, Mm -hmm. and she's got the highest mark in this English 20th grade 11 English class that he's teaching. And she's always concerned about her English and that it's poor. And he says and sometimes, and she's asking all the time uh, whether this verb is transitive or intransitive and stuff. And I was like, man, if my kids even knew what those words meant, I would be amazed. I know. But obviously she's learned English in a very technical way. From a second language perspective and so she's learning and not certain how things.
1: students learn it where it's just like this doesn't sound right yes yeah
0: yes and and one of the things he said that she also struggles with is subject verb agreement in her sentences yeah um because she's not always sure what the right
1: what the right order is what the right order is yeah. and,
0: and sometimes in her very complex sentences she loses the subject right which makes sense especially if you're learning english as a second language it totally makes sense And it was just a really funny conversation because I was marking some things the other day from some of my kids. Love them dearly. But, like, could we make a sentence that has a subject and a verb and a noun? <laughs> that would be super great. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we don't. Uh, sometimes we don't have a verb. Um,
1: sometimes, yeah. It, or it's just verbs. Or it's, it's just it's a sentence fragment. <laughs> like, well, that's cool. No, no.
0: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for letting me decipher that one. Um, yeah. So anyway, there's our grammar lesson for the day. Hosby is one word.
1: And that leads us to Larissa's comment on Twitter. When we say kids, we mean students. Yeah, we don't have children. We don't have neither one. One hundred and thirty children.
0: Oh God! Can you imagine? No. <laughs> I mean, no, I couldn't. No, I don't have kids. No. But like when I talk about my kids, I talk about my. It's my students. who so are teaching right now. Yeah.
1: There's very much an, uh, not ownership, but. Ownership's a bad word. Children are not bad commodities. So let's no, not.
0: They're not. But like. You feel a sense of, uh, of pride and obligation towards them. Yes, and right? like responsibility. Like, they're yours. Responsibility yes. They're yours. You're responsible for them. Yeah. Um, yesterday, one of my girls brought me a cup of coffee in period one. Um, because, see, what happened was, I went to the hockey game on Thursday night and, uh, got home, like, five to one, something like that. Yeah. And by the time I went to bed, it was, like, probably quarter to two. And I told one of the kids in my first period class that she could come in at 8.30 to write a test that she would missed the previous... You on on Wednesday or whatever. She didn't show she up. She didn't show up. She didn't come to class. I was so angry because, like, this sounds really dumb. Like, you have to be at work at 830. But, like, I could have slept another solid 15 minutes. Yeah. And I would have slept for 15 minutes. So she didn't show up. Um, And then this other...
1: Also knowing she didn't keep her promise.
0: She did not keep her promise. That's, like, a conversation for Monday when I yeah. see her again. Um, And I will rake her over the coals for that one. But one of the other girls in my class, she came in a couple minutes late and she had... A coffee for herself, That's and how a coffee you do for her friend, and a coffee for me, and I was just like, you are the best, you are my favorite today. Yeah. And I have a new favorite kid pretty much every day. Generally, if someone brings me a cup of coffee, favorite for the day.
1: See, I don't drink coffee, so I don't have anything like that.
0: I have my coffee order on my whiteboard.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I remember Natasha, Natasha Allen had it, like, printed in a poster yeah. above her door next to the clock.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one, of, uh, one of my coworkers has his coffee order in his syllabus like gets right in the course outline
1: that's amazing yeah that's high school man it
0: is high, high school's the best
1: i need something in there that i could do yeah. i don't know what it could be
0: if you like hot chocolate i do like, like that.
1: hot chocolate
0: but yeah i have the i have the coffee order just on the board and i mean they're high school kids so it's usually like tim hortons or mcdonald's yeah. coffee i don't particularly care if i don't have to pay for it and it does the job <laughs> I'm good
1: Spoken like a true addict
0: Yeah like, I just, <laughs> It's funny though I don't drink coffee every day I, I truly don't Like I I always think to myself I want to make time To go get a cup of coffee This morning And I never do mm-hmm. And I don't really care I usually just drink Like herbal tea In the morning mm-hmm. Just for something warm To drink Very fancy No <laughs> With like a collect- Somebody brought in like A bunch of cans of Tetley tea oh. In our office So there's no It's not fancy though um, And so when I do get A cup of coffee though It's nice mm-hmm. And when I don't have to Pay for it It's even better It's even better Yeah and, like, I'm willing to look past the three or four minutes after the bell, if it is accompanied by a if company. If it comes with a bribe. You betcha. But
1: it just shows, you know, there's some care there. There's some affection there.
0: And they're also learning how the world works a little bit. Yes. Right?
1: You know, soften up your transgression with a treat. Why
0: not? Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. No. I don't think it's a bad thing at all.
1: My kids just show up 15 minutes late and I'm just like, walk right in, pal.
0: Yep yeah no we didn't do anything important while you weren't here mm-hmm. we waited we cried actually because you won <laughs> <laughs> I said that to a kid once. we
1: mourned
0: yeah. Yeah. that's probably my least favorite question are what we means? doing anything important on whatever day because I'm not going to be here or did we do anything important yesterday and the true answer is everything we do is important yes but the sarcastic answer that I always give is no I was so sad that you weren't here that we just sat in silence <laughs>
1: I'm so going to use that. It's, it's
0: amazing. And I can do a good enough deadpan that they generally believe me. Yeah. But that's true. It's Especially
1: true. if it's to a kid that, like, super grinds your gears. Yes. And it, like,
0: freaks them out. Yeah. I was so sad that I just <laughs> cried for 80 minutes.
1: We all just decided to go home. Yeah. What was the point in being There's here? There's no
0: point in being here if you're if not you're here not with here. us. If you're not here. Yeah we didn't have we didn't have your insights into our discussion no nope. so there's just no point in having a discussion mm-hmm.
1: I, have a, I have a kid ready for that he's go. always there though and he just annoys me but then he got 100 percent on his midterm so you
0: am yeah no kidding <sighs> those are the worst kids i mean we like the kids that get good marks but like it's yeah. frustrating it's
1: frustrating because you it's want like, them to work harder and it's like you're so difficult and you're so smart just prove it to me <laughs> in another way than a reading comp test. Yeah, once a term.
0: Yeah, good lord. Maybe he just doesn't like English. It's possible.
1: Mm, I feel like if that was so, he wouldn't show up every day. And he's like, his attendance is probably a hundred percent.
0: Maybe his parents are gonna buy him a car if he has perfect attendance. Mm. Maybe that's his incentive. As not that would make sense you.
1: for the school then? That was man?
0: yeah. At our school, that would not make sense. No, <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> No. no, but at your school that would absolutely be a thing.
1: I'll have to, I'll have to investigate tell us that. that. One
0: out. Let's see,
1: he did tell me his dad is, uh, oh god, nephrologist, which I think is kidney. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So that's something. Could yeah, be something. maybe, um, maybe mom and dad are buying him a car. Perfect attendance. I could see that as yeah. a thing, as an incentive. Which is a terrible incentive. Don't do that.
1: No, don't do that. No. I just like when my students actually speak in class. And give them chocolates <laughs> <laughs> because it's so rare. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I have I've decided with one of my classes if uh, every if they're there every day for a week, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell them this. But if they're there every day for a week, I'll bring them timbits the following Monday. Mm. We'll see. We're get we're pretty close. Most days there's like only one or two missing. That's good. But it's never the same kids. Block one, three right, oh, after, lunch. right after lunch. Yeah, it's so grade twelve me. class too. Oh, okay. Not that they need my class to graduate or anything. I don't teach a core subject. That <laughs> <It> is required.
1: <laughs> For a high school diploma? No,
0: not not at all. But yeah, so... That's
1: what bothers me so much. This is... Way far from what we were talking about. We just talking about teacher stuff.
0: That's fine. That's why
1: it bothers me so much when students bring in other work to do in English class.
0: I know. Especially
1: math and bio. Like, do you think math and bio teachers let that happen in their class? Well, like do you no. think that
0: they're gonna crack open their Macbeth book in chemistry no. and be like, oh, "I just gotta get caught up on Act 3. No.
1: And also, like, hey, you right don't need Bio 30 to graduate. You need my class to graduate. Yeah. So get your head in the game. Yeah. And That's then super like, offensive to me. How can I bring up my grades? It's like, M- maybe focus one hundred percent when you're here, like you do in math. Maybe.
0: Yeah, or like focus better in math so you can also focus better here. Yeah. Or I don't know. Just be better.
1: English and social studies. Second class subjects. Now it's so dumb.
0: It is dumb. It's really dumb, and it's really unfortunate. Screw
1: you, STEM. That's what you've done.
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Without like a bare minimum of technical knowledge, we couldn't be doing this. So no, I know. But it was like, mostly facetious. I also didn't learn this in school.
1: <laughs> this uh, w- is just like <laughs> we just bungled into this.
0: <laughs> Literally bungled. <laughs> <laughs> we really should have had a vid- Like, a, a, we should have been filming the first time we recorded. Yeah, because this was just pure comedy. And
1: most of it was like, why can't we hear it? Oh, the headphones are plugged in. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's we have why. to have the headphones plugged in so that you can't hear through the computer speakers. Yes. Um. Because we want to, like, test sometimes. we got to test for playback, like, in the middle and stuff. And so we have to, we just... It's just easier to have the headphones plugged in. And then we were like, what is happening? God. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the STEM didn't teach us anything. Nope. No. Not at all. I was just reading this email that Larissa sent us because you asked her for some help. And we're kind of, like, addressing some of the things that she... Yeah. ...talked about. So her suggestions were... And maybe we'll do this, like, in future episodes a little bit at a time. Like, why we... Why we want to to teach, and what we'd be doing if we weren't, and all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you're getting to know us a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, certain things, anyway.
1: A Uh, lot of our values about what we do.
0: Yeah, and, like, other things that we find important, which we're going to talk about something in just a second here, that will really address how we feel about certain things. Yes. Um, But yeah, like, I feel like you're getting a, a pretty good look into things that we think about, for better or for worse.
1: I think it's for better.
0: I think so, most of it.
1: Because I think we're 100% right on all our values and beliefs. And the world needs to hear
0: those. People just need to accept that we're right and they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. One of my friends didn't want to listen to um, the first episode How of the podcast. Well, like, How she, dare they? Well, because she's like, How dare they? She she, uh, she was afraid that it was going to be 100% Taylor Hall.
1: It was a lot. It was a Taylor lot of Taylor Hall. Hall,
0: but it wasn't like. But anyway, so another friend, Riva, my friend Riva, who we've talked about before, it sort of. No, it's not as much as you would think it would be, actually.
1: We're just trained to pick up on Yeah. It. Our ears perk up.
0: Yeah, and, and she like Riva said, they mention him a lot, but they don't necessarily talk about him a lot. That's true. And so I'm not sure if she listened or not, but Catherine, if you listened, I really appreciate it. And if you didn't, you could listen to this one, because <laughs> we're going to talk about Bill O'Reilly now, so that's we as far are. from Taylor Hall as humanly possible.
1: Oh, Bill, 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 not Bill, not a science guy, No, who has a new season on Netflix, which I'm excited to watch maybe this afternoon. But our, our lovely friend, Bill O'Reilly. Uh,
0: formerly, formerly, this is important, of Fox News. Formerly. Formerly, the oh, O'Reilly God.
1: factor. How's, it's never sounded sweeter in my ears, it's formerly. Good. It's It's no. a great word, formerly.
0: It is gonna sound really good in three and a half years time too yeah yeah anyway you want to read that do you want me
1: to take away yeah. um so cbc ran this opinion article which was phenomenal we'll post it oh we have a website we'll get to that well, the so end. We'll, we'll get we that have to a website the end. No. yeah uh we'll post it there uh for all these things that we talk about that you want to check out and it ends with these closing two sentences which are so beautiful a beautiful piece of writing it says but a rich successful pig still gets to wallow no matter how he treats women and no matter no matter how much he bullies just as long as he has enough fans ready to cheer him on look at who's in the white house and i read that That and i clapped it's amazing what a friggin' end to an article yep that just trashed him
0: so if you don't know Bill O'Reilly, formerly the host of the O'Reilly Factor on Fox News, he's been on, he's been like the number one cable news program, I think, for 15 years, it's I saw the other day. a long time, yeah. Um, and he's very, he's, I don't want to say, yeah, he is principled in his own, like, in his beliefs. He's convicted in his beliefs, and he's been very, for the most part, fairly, like, steadfast in those beliefs. Yeah. And that's commendable. I agree. That part, I think, is commendable. I think he's wrong about pretty much everything. Yes. But I feel like having the conviction... Like the courage of your convictions, there, there is something to be said for that.
1: Because it represents a certain element of, you know, the quote unquote journalistic background that he's yes. fulfilling. And that's, I agree, commendable.
0: That part of him is yes. commendable. Um, he also apparently paid off five different women mm-hmm. uh, to some of $13 million. Yes. Um, essentially to go away after they accused him of sexual, sexual harassment. harassment. Um,
1: over a number of years, over a number
0: of years, uh, which is not unlike the number of women who also accused Donald Trump of the same things. Yes. Um, so hence the look at who's in the white house part of that quote. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the, the Bill O'Reilly thing, I think what's interesting is he, he's been ousted from Fox news just months after the Fox news chairman, Roger Ailes was ousted for the same things
1: for the same thing
0: and a lot of the accusations sub- of sexual harassment with yes. some of his employees at fox news
1: underlings yeah or people who were looking for advancement or yes. their own spots uh-huh. on the show and it was like almost as if this was a transactional nature in order to be a talking head you would have to fulfill these things for him but what that article will post it a- was really illuminating for me as it was written from a white male perspective and he said, for a long time, I was Bill O'Reilly. I represented everything that he got away with. Yep. And he talked about he came up at the same time of him. You know, sexual harassment wasn't a thing that you have you know, HR seminars about and sensitivity training about. It was gender dynamics, especially in the newsroom.
0: Yes, and women sort of had to put up with it. Yes. If they wanted a chance to...
1: And put up with it in a positive
0: a yes. light. Yes. Just was accept it and... And play the it.
1: game, really.
0: Um, the first line of the article is, Bill O'Reilly is an American creep. Yeah. That's a good first line.
1: That article, seriously, was...
0: It's very good. Astonishingly good. Very, very good. Um, but yeah, it, the, the article is very interesting in talking about like the idea of workplace norms and how... Mm-hmm. And how it's acceptable, or it was. It's not so much anymore. Um, It's starting to get, but it still happens, obviously. And it's kind of an insidious part of workplace dynamics, I think.
1: And kind of touched on the fact that he's not, you know, he wasn't let go and paid $25 million to be let go because of these things. Because they've paid out before, but let go because it came out. And because people
0: spoke out. Yeah. Because and no one had spoken story. out. And
1: because advertisers dropped his show.
0: Which was incredible. I didn't um, expect that to happen. A couple weeks ago, I can't remember the Twitter feed that I was that I was following, but um, somebody was retweeting all of the advertisers that were um, dropping their ads from O'Reilly's show. Mm-hmm. And appraising them for and, it? And appraising, yeah, and, and just being like, so far, and I think when I stopped really paying attention... In like thirty six hours, he lost like thirty nine advertisers. Or yeah, something. Like it was insane how.
1: Which is how a happens. TV station makes its money.
0: Yeah, and, and so that's totally fair.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but. But it's unusual for advertisers and corporations to have a conscience like that.
0: I, I feel yes, it is. It's very it's very strange. Um, but maybe they're starting to realize that they can't. They just can't. Mm-hmm. You
1: know. And also, as as the writer of that article testified he even said like um many of his bosses now are women so many of the people who are in charge of those things are using their their power and their weight to make those types of changes which i think is really positive
0: it is really positive and i think that's i think that's something that we need to we will see more of Mm -hmm. probably presumably anyway um like i was talking earlier today even if you want to talk like sort of gender dynamics and gender politics Um, on Twitter with a buddy of mine about dumb Oiler fans Mm -hmm. Um, and he'd made a comment that he was watching a hockey game at a bar a few years ago and talking to another Oiler fan who said that this other guy, not my friend, but this other guy said that he was more excited about Nurse as a defense prospect than Oscar Kleffbaum because um, we need somebody on the team who will cross-check somebody in the face like Chris Bronger did and my response to my buddy Rory was, did you roll your eyes so hard that it hurt? And he said, no, I called him an idiot because I'm a smart man and I can get away with it. Yeah. Um, And he wasn't saying that to be glib or whatever, but he's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Because if I had said the same thing, then there would have been a big, long discussion about why you're wrong, why I was wrong, Mm -hmm. even if I'm right. Um, Like I made an observation at work yesterday that uh, it was really hard watching Milan Lucic lumber up the ice. Because when you watch hockey on TV and the camera goes side to side, you don't notice it quite so much. Like, you can tell he's slow, a little bit slow. But you it, don't know how slow And his foot speed isn't is. there and his acceleration isn't there. But to watch him skate away from you especially, like, it's time And you can really see him laboring as well. Like, it's, it's hard work for him to skate hard. Yeah. Um, and I just made that comment. Like, it wasn't a, a judgment about how terribly... It wasn't anything like that. It was just an observation that, like, it was tough to watch him skate. And some of the guys that I work with, they were giving me the gears about it. And then, like, five minutes later, someone else essentially made the same comment. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, for God's sake.
1: Oh, yeah. I've had that happen so many up. times. Or being at a pub and a bar and make a joke and have no one respond to it. And then 30 seconds later, a man see the exact same joke
0: and he's celebrated for it. Yeah. Oh, so What is
1: up with that?
0: Right? I don't know so we're not like we're not there yet I don't suppose but like seeing things like this Bill O'Reilly thing and seeing him I mean yeah sure he's got he got paid off you know paid out 25 million dollars and he still has a but publishing empire but his power but his voice is, is limited yes right his voice is limited now he doesn't have a forum to talk um, and I think even people who follow Fox News as their news source mm-hmm. were getting fed up with that as well right and I think that's an important part of this is that Fox News's target audience doesn't want to hear those kind of things about their broadcasters mm-hmm. either, right? And That's so, an interesting
1: phrase, though. Doesn't want to hear them about him.
0: But it's true, right? Yeah. I don't. I you know I I don't. You know you don't want to hear about it, and I mean obviously it shouldn't be happening. But like, if it is, it is, mm-hmm. right? But like, I truly didn't need to know about it. I'm glad that it's out there. Yeah, and, and for the women that. Are affected the fact that it's now out again sucks
1: yes absolutely
0: but at the same time like I applaud them for having come forward in the first place mm-hmm. even yes, yeah, sure they got paid off to go away and it brings but up an in interesting... that scenario
1: if that's all that you can get in terms of to rectify what what has been done to you yeah and Take that's it. what society is saying you're you're worth you're worth yeah What else are you supposed to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's, I was just thinking, as you were saying that, I was thinking about Monica Lewinsky. Mm -hmm. Um, And finally, after however many years, essentially, of silence, uh, last year, the year before, she came out and she did a TED Talk Mm -hmm. about vulnerability and, like, essentially being one of the first people in the world to be, like, bullied on the internet. Mm -hmm. Like, really and truly. Because that story about... um, the scandal in the white house broke on the drudge reports mm-hmm. and then the New York times. And it was all over the internet and like it was different. It was like through message boards and you know, cause like obviously Twitter wasn't a thing and stuff like that. But if you get a chance, we'll I'll find it and we'll put a link on our site. You should check out that Ted talk cause it's fascinating mm-hmm. to hear what she has to say about having to like be vulnerable ultimately and, and accept that people are talking about you. Yeah. Um. And one of the things that she said in her, in her talk, was that, like many other, um, college graduates, she fell in love with her boss. That's what she said. Wow. It's Just that her boss happened to be the president. Yeah. And that, like, when you think about it in those terms, it's a very different. But if you remember how those of you who are old enough to remember this, I guess if you remember how people talked about her, she was the slut, mm-hmm. and she was the whore and whatever. Whereas. But she wasn't,
1: and Bill has had a
0: very a long number, history yes. of
1: dalliances,
0: yes. Oh, of course, and, and 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 I mean, and then you look what happened in like the, the presidential campaign and how Hillary, who mm-hmm. was by and large the most qualified candidate of the entire field, presumably, um, say what you will about Bernie, that would have been a tragedy if he had won, mm-hmm. uh, because it wouldn't have worked. So, like, Hillary was the most qualified candidate, and there were things. That she was being held to judgment for that that her her husband husband had done twenty years ago. Yeah, and that
1: is insane. And saying that that she defended him as a rapist and like a very extreme. Yeah,
0: but she made a choice, a very personal choice, to stand by her husband. Yeah, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, and that's not for us to know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's an interesting thing because I wonder if it had been reversed if she had been the president in the 90s and mm-hmm. he was running for president now and she had been the one who had had an affair yeah. how that narrative had been would have been shifted
1: oh he would have been played as a victim of a
0: cruel wife and he would and it would have been sympathetic yes and it probably would have gotten him more support of course and that's sickening absolutely sickening
1: absolutely sickening and then we have a sexual abuser in the white house right now
0: yeah fun times who, calls who also every can't, Who calls every weekend and doesn't know the difference between Syria and Iraq. <laughs> so um, I watched uh, Stephen Colbert's opening from last night's show, maybe, or maybe it was Thursday's show, I can't remember. And uh, he was talking about how the U.S. is on the brink of thermonuclear war. And I was like, well, let's let it happen after the Stanley Cup playoffs. <laughs> because I would like to see somebody win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> um, and luckily it won't be the Chicago Blackhawks. Thank God it Fuck won't you, be back in. Fuck you. So good.
1: Oh, I was so happy when that happened. I oh, was. Oh, that's too. a question from Mike, isn't it?
0: That is a question. We'll talk about that. Yeah. When we get to our questions. When we get there. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, uh, like I, had, I had mentioned before, Larissa sent us an email with some ideas, and so one of the things that she wants to know
1: mm-hmm.
0: is what would we be doing if we weren't a teacher. And I legitimately don't have an answer for that.
1: I know. I don't know.
0: I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid, but then in grade three, like I couldn't do fractions and or times tables, so I was really like, bad. well,
1: that dream's gone. Pretty much, yeah. That
0: was, that was the end of that. Um, and then I thought I might want to be a physiotherapist, and then touching I, people I was no, it wasn't even that. No, I just struggled real hard with the physics um, uh, and didn't have high enough marks, and so I was like, okay, let's let's be a teacher, which isn't quite true. I actually that was sort of always another thought of mine, um, and I now can't imagine doing anything else. Like I legitimately don't know, unless I like, could get paid a lot of money to write. Mm-hmm. and be a photographer I could do that
1: yeah I had I had a lot of different dreams um, I, one of my like favorite things is whales and dolphins my husband if you're friggin listening as we drive <laughs> up apparently to the Yukon together <laughs> now
0: on May 5th like she said last week
1: asked me like once a week what's your favorite animal and I was like we've been together for 12 years if you don't know what my favorite animal is by now I'm retaking this marriage certificate back that we also don't have. Um, <laughs> but, like, whales and dolphins are always at the top of the list. So I always dreamed of being a marine biologist. Oh, cool. But I realized that um, a lot of the employment in that is, like, zoo-related. And I'm very anti-zoo so th- that's fair that kind of zoo away. or like sea
0: world related yeah <laughs> Do terrible things like i have that.
1: issues with the, yeah. that um and i also don't like open water <laughs> so there's a lot of problems <laughs> open water is a little terrifying not gonna lie yeah so um a little bit frightening so that had to be revised obviously but as like a kid i moved here i moved to Redview from saskatchewan when i was 10 and to do that is crazy and scary and a lot of things happened in my home life that were crazy and scary too and school was also always like a safe place and especially when i moved here uh, and at the middle school i went to the staff were phenomenal and real mentors and real role models and even now for us who went to that middle school together like we all really look back on that time and those staff with a lot of positive feelings so being in school was really important to me and i discovered later that it it's not just being in school it's being part of that community and I'm part of that process and now i get to be that person for kids so that's how i kind of came to it that's
0: awesome i had a really good it's social- a very emotional reason yeah. yeah i had a really good social teacher in junior high I had the same teacher for all three years which like in a big city junior high isn't normal yeah um and so I had the same teacher and he was phenomenal like every every Monday we would do current events and we'd always watch an episode of like whatever other uh, Royal Canadian Air Force or where the sour- 22 minutes yeah. when it was like back when 22 minutes was good yeah um and back when like Air Force had Mike from Canmore
1: I don't remember that. Oh,
0: he was so good. That was I when was, I was,
1: like, five. You now, were a small child, yes, really <laughs> and I was,
0: like, 12, so yes, <laughs> um, but like, we used to watch that, and, and I remember he was just so passionate about, like, social issues and social justice issues and weaving that into the curriculum, and, um, it, yeah, he was just, he was phenomenal. He was a really, really good teacher, and then when I went into high school, um, I did, like, uh, the IB history program at, at my school, and... I loved it, and I had a really good teacher in grade ten. And then I had a different teacher for eleven and twelve, and he was just phenomenal. And I was sort of like, I want to be that. Yeah. Uh, I know now that <laughs> he's like a textbook bad teacher. Does all the things that we learned in school not to do. Like, oh He just no. wrote notes on the. All he did was drone on and write notes on the board, and yeah, we could barely read his writing, and like there was never any fun activity, like nothing. Like, but was it was just, the
1: knowledge itself. He that was this, he might be one of the you. smartest
0: people I've ever met in my entire life. Right. Um, when we were in grade eleven, we uh, were talking about well, I guess I was for a midterm, so I can't remember what we were actually talking about. Maybe like the Franco-Prussian War, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, somewhere in there, and somebody asked him what the difference between a battleship and a battle cruiser was. Oh, um, no, it couldn't have been Frank It was probably Trafalgar. Anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and so somebody asked him what the difference between a battleship and a battle cruiser was. Because we didn't want to take notes or anything, and so we got him oh, off so topic. Purposely got him to oh, purposely got off topic. Okay,
1: one of those. One so of he those.
0: goes for the whole class, and the time of the class was like sixty-seven minutes long, or whatever. The whole class talks about the differences from like like historical differences and modern, and it was super interesting and super cool. And we're all just like, hey, 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 we are the best.
1: Um, and then you're like, oh my god, I have so much knowledge now.
0: No. Really, I was punked? <laughs> on, no, on the midterm, he punked all of us because our written response question was explain the differences between battleships <laughs> and battle battlecruisers. And I remember a buddy of mine sitting behind me in the gym was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, right out loud in the gym. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> we deserved it. 100% we deserved it. There's no question that we...
1: That's epic trolling level. Yeah,
0: he was, uh, he was good. And he was, like, when I say he was one of the smartest people I've ever met, he also spoke, uh, French and German fluently. He had a PhD in German literature. Oh, And wow. the only reason he ended up getting a teaching certificate, um, he went to school in the UK, it was because he wanted to play football, like soccer, at college for two more years. So he ended up going to do his teaching certificate after his undergrad, and
1: mm-hmm. then he did
0: his master's, and then he did his PhD. Um, and he was also fluent in French, and... He taught, like, the IB French at our school, um, but all of his notes for both his history classes and his French classes were written in German, and he'd translate on the fly. And so whenever we'd get a sub, he'd always just send us to the library to do research for our next paper because he wasn't going to waste his time translating your notes for a sub.
1: no. Yep.
0: Wow. So smart. Just, like, so one smart. of the smartest people I've ever met. And he told us, I remember him telling us, too, that he and his wife went to um, France one summer, and they took a bottle of... Um, I don't know, probably not champagne. I, I think he, I, I don't remember, anyway, something. And they toasted the English victory at, the, at Agincourt, which the Battle of Agincourt was like 1415. Um, and they just like stood on the battlefield and toasted the English victory. Uh, wow. Because, you know, he said that was like a moment of national pride. Um, but it was really having teachers like that who really loved what they do. And my English teacher in high school, she was really great too. And so that's kind of why I do this.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, not because I want
0: to be like them. But I hope that some of my kids will, like, feel that way about me at some yeah. point in time. Like, I don't, I don't want to emulate those teachers. And I don't want my kids necessarily to be teachers either. I just, like, I hope that someday they'll look back and be like, that was awesome. It yeah. was a great class and I had a good time that year or whatever. And
1: also, there's so many times in school where you, where you have a bad experience. And you a lot of how I feel right now with my kids is I don't want them to hate school. I don't want them to have a bad experience no, with a either. bad teacher. And when I hear of a kid having a bad experience with a bad teacher, it, like, hurts me. Yeah. Because I just want to, like, protect them from that. Yeah. Because so much in life hurts you in school. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's... And school shouldn't be the thing that hurts you.
1: No, because it's hard. Yeah. It's 12 years. Yeah. It's things that you don't want to do. Everything is structured for you. There's yeah. not a lot of choice till high school it's a lot of it is socialization and puberty and kids are terrible sometimes and and when adults are terrible to kids
0: that hurts me well and I mean I've worked with people in the past um and I don't know if I've ever heard them say nice things about their teaching or the kids that they teach or and I, I always think to myself like why are you doing this job yeah like there has to be something else out there for you if you hate it that much why do you come every day
1: that's how they end up in big blue. <laughs> working for the government.
0: <laughs> yeah, working for, yeah, working in the Department of Education. But, like, I just, I don't understand that. Um, One of my coworkers I have this year, uh, who I've worked with before, uh, he's across the hall from me. And we talk almost daily just about how our days went and, like, frustrations and good things and whatever. And every day, um, he says something to, to the effect of, like, he just wants to get better at teaching. Yeah. You know, he's, like, 26 or 27 years old or whatever, and he just wants to get better at teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of things and, and reasons why that comes up often. Um, but I tell him on, on a very regular basis that he's doing a great job.
1: Even and to it, have that thought? To, even, to yes. be that reflective and self-aware is And so that any crucial. teacher who
0: looks like they know what they're doing and they have it all together is probably two years away from retirement. Yeah. And they're just mailing it in.
1: And also, like, nobody really does. No.
0: Like, you, you, you just don't. And, like, we have to get better to make sure that our kids get better Mm -hmm. it's just a thing that you have to do but like I can't imagine not doing it it's hard work Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm super happy that we're recording this right now because it means I don't have to mark (laughs) stuff that my kids wrote this week but oh Uh, man I have so much work I know and I spent like three hours yesterday uh putting together a notes package for my social studies kids and then the computer did the blue screen of death and yeah and I mean everyone's like oh you should use google docs and I probably should have because it seems obviously. Google Docs
1: saves. just doesn't work for the formatting that you're trying no, to do. No, and this though. was
0: like a 25 page document that needed a bunch of different formats and stuff. Yeah, and so and I was just going to do it in lie. Word do and that. format it and then make it as a Google Doc and share it. Yeah. Um, so now I got to redo that. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Almost Especially
1: because that note package was working so well for your
0: kids yes, too. and, and you're so, so
1: happy about that.
0: So now I have to spend another three hours or more remaking that yeah. by Tuesday morning.
1: Mm. awesome that's such a bummer and
0: at some point in time I'm gonna have to mark all this stuff there's a pile sitting across from me on the table right now I just I hate everything about it
1: and like converse to that my students are doing this really interesting writing about the great Gatsby because they're doing a lot of creative and personal writing
0: nice
1: and yesterday I realized as they were writing because it's really nice on a Friday to get them to do writing and then reading like they enjoy it they don't have to like be active. They just get to do something. It's nice be way to done. cap off the week. Yeah, and I realized while they're writing, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm actually looking forward to reading these." Oh, that's perfect because their previous ones were so good. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Last weekend was the last weekend that I was marking and I was texting you stuff that my kids were saying. Yeah. Oh, um,
1: that poetry stuff was beautiful. Yeah,
0: we were, we did poetry in grade ten and grade eleven English. Uh, we just finished, and so I had them writing like a, a commentary paragraph before we did an exam, and. Um, some of the responses that my grade 10s were giving to this poem were just phenomenal.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and very insightful and very well-structured and very well-written. And it's such a joy to read that. And it like, is. And, like, Kelsey texted me back. She's like, you should be so proud. And I was like, I literally did nothing. I gave them the poem, and they did all of the work. Yeah.
1: But that means that you've done work for them to be able I to at that point to know. understand.
0: But, it. like, they're just... It was just so good to read. And then some of my grade 11s as well, um, with a different poem, mm-hmm. but still lots of the same level of insights and it was fascinating um, it was really really interesting stuff and so like those are the things about my job that I love and that's yeah. why I can't imagine doing anything
1: else and and you did say this when they have success you don't really feel like it's because
0: of you no you're but like, when they fail it's all me
1: I know we take it on yeah. in such a strange we don't take their victories as ours no like that kid who they got 100 it. on the midterm I'm just like yeah he earned it you're a weirdo
0: is what you are <laughs> That would have been me, by the way. (laughs) Just so you know. Pretty sure I got 100% on the reading conference and on my diploma exam. Really? Yeah. And I finished it in like 45 minutes.
1: I hate you. You're like my stupid friend Malcolm. I texted him. I was like, this kid is you in my class and you may be my best friend, but I hate you. (laughs)
0: Yeah. No, I totally get that.
1: Um,
0: What about the second part of Loris' question is, what job or career would you not want?
1: Um, Oh God, anything that my husband does.
0: I could not handle a job where I'd have to touch people all the time.
1: Uh, I don't know if that...
0: especially if it involved their feet, because that's just not happening. I know
1: you hated like my surgery recovery. Yeah, just, like <laughs>
0: sent pictures of her like foot surgery and like oh just so like I get it whatever, but so gross. <laughs> You can tell you're good friends with somebody when. You let know, yeah. them text you pictures of their janky feet, <laughs> you don't, they like, flip out about but it. But
1: that's the thing. They weren't as janky as they were before, and I was so happy about it.
0: I understand, but, like, put some socks
1: on. <laughs> well, later when I was doing the physical stuff, it was always socked.
0: No, usually. Usually. Sometimes there was, like, elastic bands around your toes, and you are like, look what I can do. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> it was important to me, Megan. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't mind the touching thing. I think I would be totally cool with, like, something. Like, I would to- be totally good at, like, waxing, massage. I am all over that. Because that's, like, there's something about, like, getting that job done. And, like, fixing that thing okay. for that person. But get me away from blood. Get yeah. me away from mucus. That's get fair. me away from people in pain. I can't handle people in pain. Can't deal with that.
0: But yeah, you would wax people?
1: Just saying. I'm, okay, causing pain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But you want to see you. You don't want to see them in pain, like from the beginning. If they, if it's yeah, pain, okay, especially
1: that's right. when right. I can't do anything about it, like okay, that's that. Fine. That's fine. That hurts me and harms me. Also, I worked in retail for a long time, and I'm okay with that because it's like very mindless. Like you go, you do the job, you come home. But there's no satisfaction
0: with that. Yeah, I worked in a movie theater for a while, and I didn't hate it. Um, I worked in the box office mostly, and mm-hmm. I was pretty good at it. Um, but, like, I only did that for, I don't know, a year and a half. Yeah. And I taught swimming lessons for a long time, like, 14 years, a long time, while I was teaching full-time as a real teacher. It was very strange.
1: That was so dumb. I can't believe you did that. It really
0: was. <laughs> for the last, like, seven years, I only taught kids how to be swimming instructors, so, like, I only, I only worked, like, maybe four That's weekends so every six months.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But, yeah, that was kind of a strange, that was a strange thing. And I did that for a long time, and it was good pay, and I liked it a lot. Um, but something that I find really interesting, like, I don't know what job I wouldn't want, but whenever I see people online or whatever talking about work and like people don't teach, I always want to know what that means. Like, what do you do at work? Like, there's people that I I follow on Twitter and I know like some of them are engineers and like office jobs and stuff. And I want to know, like, what does that entail?
1: Oh, I have and I don't, one of those. And I don't
0: mean that in, like, a, well, what do you do at work? But, like, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what does your workday actually look like? Because I know what my workday looks like. Yeah. And it's chunked off in, like, 80-minute pieces.
1: Yes. And I It's see very it's structured. Like, it's very structured. But and, also very unstructured. And there's
0: breaks, you know, in yeah. between classes, and there's lunch, and sometimes I have supervision or whatever. So I yeah. know what my workday looks like. And I know what most teachers' workdays look like, at least in theory. Because yeah. I at least understand how that works. But, like, someone who is an engineer... But who has an office job? Like, right. what does that entail? So, if there's anyone who's listening to this who wants to like, let us know. I would be like, I would love to have that conversation. I'll I have a little your bit of insight. Entails
1: because after university, it was impossible to like get a teaching job, and so my brother-in-law was working for AHS, um, in the purchasing department. Okay. And so I did that for like two years, and it was the worst two years of my life. Really? It was so terrible and Larissa that's how I met Larissa she worked there and oh my god thank god because she was probably the only smart person there and it was not what she went to school for either but my job was for the whole Edmonton and North Zone if anything in a hospital broke and it had to be sent away to get fixed
0: yeah
1: I was the person that those had to come through the only
0: person wow that's a lot of responsibility
1: It was immense, and it meant I could never be away, I could never be sick, because no one else knew how to do my job. And so much of it was just ridiculous, ridiculous interactions with people in hospitals who obviously, and I have the most respect for them, this thing broke and it's an emergency and they need it fixed because there's patients to take care of. Yeah, well that makes sense. But everything about that job was bureaucracy and paperwork. And all I felt like I was doing was preventing them from getting this thing back to work.
0: Right. Because and, you, you, like, you, you knew in your heart that, like, you should, this needs to be done, and expedited, whatever, yes. but you couldn't. Because there was, because protocol, there was and, yeah. a
1: thousand ridiculous steps to go through. Because yeah. it's government, they have to be able to track the money and the approvals, and people need certain... You know, signing authorities because some of the repairs would cost eight thousand dollars to do on like scopes and things. Like it was yeah. it was incredibly I would have panic attacks every really? Sunday night before a new work week started. Oh wow. I hated it.
0: You I did it for two years.
1: For two years. Wow. And then finally I was I finally gone onto the sub list and then, um, I had called or sent an email to an old middle school teacher of mine who was a great mentor to me and he's like uh call this person at the school that we taught at the principal there and say that you're willing to work and that you're like a new sub and yeah then things started for me yeah but i probably would still be at that terrible job hating life
0: if that hadn't happened
1: it was so soul crushing like i'm i'm
0: 34 and i've had four jobs in my lifetime i've only had three i worked at the movie theater that was my first job um back when minimum wage was like 5.90 an hour um nice yeah and uh i worked at the pool and that was a union job Mm -hmm. so i got paid like when minimum wage was 5.90 i got paid like 10.25 oh when i quit in 2015 um 2015 yeah 2015 i was getting paid i think 23 dollars an hour
1: Nice. And, like, it didn't
0: work very much, but it was still good money. Like, uh, a course that I would teach would be 40 hours, so 40 hours at 23 bucks an hour is nothing to sneeze at. No. And I could teach those things in my sleep. Like, I didn't have to really function at all. Um, and I worked for a year at Grant McEwen with the women's hockey team. I was their trainer, um, like their, like, athletic trainer or whatever for a year, and that was kind of fun. Like, I had my, I had sports first aid and a bunch of stuff, and that was fun, but the pay was just garbage. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: can imagine it is And then
0: Yeah I think I got paid Like 300 bucks a month And it was like A giant time commitment Like yeah. just Insane And then So I did that for one season And I was just working At the pool While I was in school And then I got a teaching job And now here we are Sitting in my kitchen Making a podcast I Maybe mean, we could monetize this oh, We should There's gotta be a way
1: We need sponsors. Big Chief Beef Jerky just followed me on Twitter.
0: (laughs) Gordon Ramsay followed me on Twitter the other day. What? Have you seen what he does when people tweet, like, food at him? Oh, I love it. Anyway, so I said something that one of my favorite Twitter things is that. Is, like, watching him just roast people's food. Did you tag him in it? I did.
1: Okay, because I I was like, is he (laughs) searching his No, it wasn't that deep. No,
0: and he just, he followed me back, and I was like, well, what the hell? Let's see what happens. I thought that was funny. I would never, I would, I would be terrified. To tweet a picture of any food that I cooked. Yeah. I, I can cook okay. But I would never tweet it at, like, a real chef. No. No.
1: Unless I,
0: I pretended I was, like, ten and then he'd probably be nice about it.
1: I know. And that's... I was just going to bring that up. Because I used to hate him for so long because I felt like he just treated people like crap. And then I saw him... He only treats adults like crap. Yeah. And rightfully so when they're being dumb. Yeah. Oh, but when yeah. you see him on... Was it MasterChef Junior? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and his own cooking show
0: in his, his home kids. is
1: very gentle, and he's warm, and he's yeah. like such a great personality. Yeah. And
0: I think he's probably a very nice guy. I think I'm he's sure creative, he and, and also the stuff that he does um, on British TV, he's much less caustic than he is on American TV. Oh, because
1: American TV loves that.
0: Yeah, and that's part of the the personality thing. But yeah, so yeah, Gordon Ramsay—that's like my famous Twitter follower for the week. That's a big follow. I guess. A whole
1: bunch of people were tweeting that George Laroque started following
0: them this week. Yeah, but then he'll unfollow you eventually. Oh, really? He, he does it all the time. He's followed and unfollowed me about five times.
1: He doesn't really get how Twitter works, does he?
0: No, I think maybe he's just like his, his interests shift. Yeah, Or fair. Thing or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, he does it all the time. It's just like a thing. If we could monetize this, make some money, quit our jobs.
1: Uh, no. I'd still want to work like part-time.
0: I'd probably, I don't know what I would do if I didn't work. I'd be really bored. Like I need structure in my day, as much as as much as I like, kind of like I don't like having to. No, I need structure for sure.
1: Over the summer, I like fall apart. (laughs) I don't know what
0: to do. It takes me about three days to revert from like professional adults to university (laughs) students,
1: or like adult baby. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like going to bed at three in the morning and getting up at noon, and like, just like (laughs) it happens
1: really fast.
0: Nothing at all. Like it happens over Christmas break, and that's only two weeks long.
1: Oh, it happened to me over spring break. Remember I was staying up watching Yeah. Mozart oh. in the Jungle till two AM. <laughs> Good Lord. True. Which was. I want someone to watch so I can call them highlight. And that's a joke that only people who Mozart in the jungle <laughs> know. I'll and I wanna to share it. that so with
0: people. <laughs> Um Speaking of staying up late, she texted Kelsey texted me last night. <laughs> like, it wasn't even late, it was like
1: eleven o'clock. It was like
0: 10, Um but she was really uh She's dozing off, I guess. I don't know. And she texted me, and this is all it said. Wait, I have to find it. It said, movies too young for. That was it. That's all it said. And I was like, okay. Okay. (laughs) And I just responded with a question mark. And then she replied at 7 o'clock this morning with, sorry, I had a podcast in the middle of sleeping.
1: And I knew if I didn't text you or write it down, I would have lost it.
0: So let's talk about that real quick. So what I think...
1: Context is important.
0: Context is very important. She and her husband are having a conversation. Yes. About movies that you, like, were were you too young to to see see a particular movie? And
1: his sort of entrance into this was um, on our drive up to Yukon that we're going to take. He wants to stop at these hot springs that are really famous on the way there. And I was to, no, Chris, I've seen Dante's Peak (laughs) (laughs) and I've been scarred from it. And I know what happens, and I don't want to come out with a lady missi- missing half of her body. <laughs> and his, his response was something along the lines of, you know, I, there's interesting how you can see a movie at a perfect time in your life. Like, he was, like, 14 or whatever when he saw 7, and it resonated with him. But he felt that he saw Dante's Peak when he was too young, and it was too scarring. And clearly for me it was too. I think I saw it when I was, like, 16 or 17. But I was curious what that would be for you. Is there a moment that...
0: Or a movie
1: where you saw it when you were young and you were like, ooh, I shouldn't have seen that movie then. Because um, I have another one that, It's really powerful.
0: What's your other one? i got to think for a minute.
1: Oh, frick, what's the title now?
0: I Oh, that's a really good question. Oh, it
1: was Girl Interrupted. I saw that when I was 13. Oh, that's too young. It was, it was way too young. It's too young for that. Way too young. Like, there's... Incest, yeah, there's suicide, there's abuse, there's vi-oh boy, and it yeah. was at like a, a girl's birthday party, and her mom like rented it.
0: Wow, it was that's, way,
1: it was really scarring.
0: That's something. Oh, I don't know. I remember, well, going back to like school, I remember watching Last of the Mohicans in grade eight. at in school,
1: it's pretty violent, too, it right? is
0: pretty violent. Like, there's a scene where Magua like cuts out, um general the general's heart yeah and like holds it up on his dagger or whatever um but like and now that i know better it's like super historically inaccurate too but anyway <laughs> uh, like just for the actual story itself but also the book it's based on is just hot garbage so
1: and doesn't it start daniel day
0: it does and he's phenomenal
1: as an indigenous person no
0: he no he's not in, in the book oh, too he's okay. also like he's a white person okay gotcha gotcha who's been adopted by Okay. An Indian family, so it's not. No, it's not. You're
1: getting off scot-free today, Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: You get off Daniel Day-Lewis, gets <laughs> off scot-free all the time,
1: especially in the Crucible.
0: Oh yes, and also all of the movies. Well, Just I'm every so excited moment. to watch the Crucible with my class. It's um, going to be so good. Oh, I don't know. I have. I don't know if there's a movie that I saw too young. Maybe it. That I was maybe like ten. Actually, oh no. Oh my god! Yeah, you were I was with 10? my cousin. Whatever. Actually, do you know a movie I was definitely too young to see? And I, I mean, it didn't really matter because like it wasn't terrible. But like, wait. Wayne's World. Oh,
1: I was gonna say, can you wait for my joke answer. Was it Fast
0: Date? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm too old for Fast and <laughs> movies, but that's okay. Uh, I think Wayne's World. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. I was like eight years old. It's not like it's not like bad, but like when you go back and look at it, like. 98% of what was in that movie I did not get. Right. Because I was 8 years old. True, true, true. Right. Um, I love that movie so much I want to watch it, like, right now.
1: It's on Netflix.
0: i I watched sure it, like, a month ago. I have the VHS of <laughs> my dad's <gasps> no house. No way. And also Wayne's World 2, which is not nearly as good. No. Um, but, like, I didn't get, like, even the joke about, like, Stan Makita's Donuts. Like, I didn't get the joke. And now I 100% understand why that's funny. Yeah. Because there is no Stan Makita's Donuts. No. It's because of Tim Hortons. Like, I get it. But it was when I was eight years old. I had no concept of why that why those things were funny. Um, but I should absolutely not have been allowed to watch that at no. eight years old. But I'm pretty sure it had something to do with a cousin of mine as well. Because, um, like, in my, on my dad's side of the family, I'm I'm the youngest. Yeah. Mm. By a lot. Like, there's my cousin Chris and I were, like, nine days apart. And then her brother's three three years older than us. And then the next up is, like, another ten years. Like, there's quite a large gap.
1: Yeah, it's like that on my dad's side, too. Yeah,
0: so we kind of skated through some things that we probably shouldn't have. But, no, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it might be the movie for me.
1: That's, seriously, I can't even deal with the idea of it. I watched the trailer for the new one.
0: Terrifying. That my friend Davis but, oh, is
1: terrifying. obsessed with, and I was just like, "Our friendship is on hold right now." How dare you do this to me? And I was alone; Chris was gone,
0: and it was that like was very smart eleven view. p.m. too. Um, it, more than movies, I think for me, it's books because like I've always read oh, at a really
1: high level. Yeah, yeah, like oh, really, I had that really experience in middle
0: school too. I read like A Time to Kill by John Grisham in like grade five. Right. I mean, my parents let me; like, it wasn't like I wasn't allowed to
1: because your parents are big readers yeah
0: and like like they have like a library in their in their house but yeah like i shouldn't have read the time to kill in grade five like if you if i think about where a grade five kid is is at, like intellectually Uh no way um but like that same year i did a research project i remember on the assassination of martin luther king because we had this i was in like an academic challenge class um and so we had these of course you were in grade five well, from from grade three actually oh Um, oh. we had these independent study projects and if my dad ever listens to this he's gonna be really annoyed that i'm talking about these because when i just hated doing work like that yeah um i've learned since that it's because i'm actually a perfectionist which you wouldn't know but like when you're a perfectionist you're also probably a procrastinator because if you can't get it right why bother doing it yeah that was totally me so this project that in grade five i really enjoyed it because i didn't have the same um kind of pressure, because it was something I was really interested in. So I did this, this project on the assassination of Martin Luther King, and I was comparing it. One of the one of the tasks, we had to have a certain component of the project for each level of Bloom's taxonomy. So like knowledge, comprehension, application, wow. analysis, synthesis, and evaluation. Doing the
1: teacher's work forum.
0: Yes. And that was the <laughs> whole point, right?
1: Yeah. And
0: so my I can't remember what level it was. I guess it would be the analysis, maybe. Um, I was doing a comparison between the assassinations of Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy. Wow And so I remember Very Same clearly Same year? Uh, no they were five years apart Okay um, But f- you know Kind of like watershed moments in, Yeah yeah In American history And so I remember Going to watch my dad Play hockey one morning At Nate And I just went with him My mom didn't come It was just me And I was like Sitting up in the stands Reading this book and the book that I was reading was called Mortal Error, and it was, like, essentially like a deconstruction of the Kennedy assassination. And I'm, like, 10 years old, sitting up in the bleachers at night watching, mm-hmm. sort of half-watching hockey. And then afterwards, like, I went into the dressing room, and they were all sitting around drinking their beers or whatever, and I had a can of Coke, and I was, like, reading this book, and Dad was sort of explaining this project that, that we were doing and stuff, and, um, most of the guys that he played hockey with, their kids were quite a lot older than me. Right. Um... And they were sort of, like, my kid wouldn't even read that now. Like, wouldn't yeah. be able to understand it now. And, I mean, I struggled with some of the stuff that I read, but, like, yeah. So, for me, I think it was more books than than movies. That's um, fair. Because, yeah, like, reading A Time to Kill at age 10, probably not the best. No. So there's a super vivid scene at the very beginning where he describes in, like, very... Excruciating detail—the splatter of brains all over the floor of the courthouse. Oh, wow. It's good and it's very powerful. I'm thinking about it now, but yeah, like ten-year-olds should not be reading that. No, but at the same time, like I wasn't allowed to read like R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike books. Why? Because my mom thought they were too scary. But here I am, like reading like true crime and like <laughs> books about murder and stuff. <laughs> anyway, <whatever>. um,
1: <laughs> to be fair, are you afraid of the dark? Especially the TV show was a
0: terrifying. It was. It really really was. I still
1: remember this one image where and it's so close this to it. This is like
0: the most Canadian conversation Maybe. in the world cuz I love that
1: Maybe it. Maybe I'm blending this with it, but it was like this puppet and he was like underneath the sewers of this apartment building like you could see him like through the grill of like where the water yeah. comes in and that messed me up forever. I like had to put my stuffed animals like away. I think yeah. I was like 10. Um, but my sister was four years older than me, so I always wanted yeah. to, like, do what she's doing right. and watch what she's watching, sense. and it was just, like, too much.
0: I was also not allowed to watch The X-Files. Too scary. Yeah, we I watched just a fair. few with my mom, just and it like, freaked me out. Which is fair. Like, I was ten when it yeah. first came out, and, like, that's totally fair. There's an episode, I think it's in season two, with, like, that... The Stretch? No, not the Stretch, I can't remember what it is. Uh, when I did my rewatch of The X-Files... Not that long ago, that's the only episode I skipped. It's, like, that weird, like, worm thing that lives in the sewers, and I just, no, couldn't do it.
1: The guy, the stretch guy freaks me out.
0: That was too gross. Um, so those are kind of the things. Yeah, it was, like, it was more scary stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of, like, scary movies and stuff now. I just don't. I don't like it either. I don't like them. At in high school, we had, afraid. our
1: friendship group had this thing where would, like, always watch scary movies, and, like, those years were, like, the first Saw movie came out, when The Ring right. came out, like, those types of movies, but now I'm just, like... I can't even watch trailers if they're on television. I remember
0: seeing um, the Blair Witch Project in yeah. theaters. I was like sixteen or whatever, and also uh, Sixth Sense. Sixth in Sense, theaters. I couldn't
1: watch till I was an adult. That movie's terrifying. It's so especially when he goes under the sheet
0: and what's your no, name is there. That, no, that's not. That I, terrifying hate, that one. Part. I hate that part. It's gross. The part that I don't like is when he gets up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and he's like going pee. And that ghost just, like, flies by the open bathroom door, like, so quick. And it's Uh, just, like, it is terrifying.
1: Why are you telling me this? Um, And the Blair
0: Witch (laughs) Project, which, like, I've watched this since, and it's not as scary as I remember it. But it was, like, for the way it was made and, like, the style it was made in, it was terrifying when I first saw it.
1: And do you think, like, watching it now, it's because we're so desensitized to that, like, found footage type of...
0: Maybe. That may be part of it. And also kind of remembering, like how it ends. Yeah. Right that it's not quite so. And it's
1: very innocuous. And... Um and like
0: the sixth sense it only scared me the one time.
1: Mhm.
0: Right? Like I watched it that one time and I was scared and now I can watch it again and it's no big deal.
1: Cuz you know it's cuz I know
0: it's coming. Yeah. Um But you no. No one
1: really messed me up and this is maybe weird. I watched JFK and I was like
0: Oh yeah. 12. That's with Kevin Costner, right? When he's... Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's really it's like 3 hours yeah, long. I don't like I watched long. it with my dad, and my stepmom and they were like I think they didn't, because they didn't live with them all the time. So they, they still don't really know this, but they don't really know <laughs> what kids right. like. Right, yeah. Um, so we watched this, but I was, like, super nerdy and, you know, interested in history at that time, too. But that movie, for the first time, made me question government.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And that was, like, a wide-opening yeah. experience yeah. at, like, 12 or 13 or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah,
0: that's, that's a fair point. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think... If I'm still
1: anything. not sure, you know... At that time, I didn't really understand bias and point of view in filmmaking and really the difference between film and documentary. And so there's a lot of gray areas in that film that I'm not sure are, especially coming from Stone's point of view there. but.
0: Right. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm trying to think if there's, like, other stuff. I don't know. I mean, my dad and I went to go see Any Given Sunday when it was in theaters, I was like 13
1: I don't know anything it's a football about that I know it's f- f- that's what Cameron it's good. Diaz, Cameron Diaz and Al Pacino yeah. it's good. and everyone says like it's one of the greatest football it's movies it's a very good sports
0: movie yeah. yeah very very good sports movie
1: like what's what's bad about it that a 13 just options.
0: naked football players I mean, but, you know. <laughs> I just, like, shrugged. Also there with my dad. <laughs> it
1: wasn't an audible thing. Um, but the yeah, worst that's But the
0: worst movie-going experience with my parents, it wasn't terrible, because, like, whatever, I'm an adult. And I can, but when you're, whatever your uh, Wolf of Wall Street came out. I was up, just going to say,
1: it's about fucking Wolf of Wall Street, <laughs> isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is. I hate that movie so, so much. Uh, I liked it a lot, actually. But it was on New Year's Eve, and I didn't have any plans, because I hate New Year's. And so my dad texted me to see if I wanted to come to a movie with them, because they were going to go see... Um, that Walt Disney movie, whatever that one was, with Tom Hanks. Oh, it was it. good. I enjoyed it. And it was sold out. Um. And so they got tickets for Wolf of Wall Street, and Dad was like, do you want to come? And I said, yeah, sure. So, whatever. Like I, And so I sat between my parents, between them, oh, no. during Wolf of Wall Street, and the opening scene is, like, Leo blowing coke up a hooker's ass. Yeah. And I was just like, well... I don't know that anything could get more uncomfortable than this. Oh, but it does. It, no, that was probably the worst part for really? me. Really? Yeah, I was like, that set the bar pretty high for like discomfort. Yeah, I guess. And then so. I was just like, well, whatever. And then every f bomb, I could feel my mom kind of flinch, and which is why I apologize when I swear. Sorry, mom. She still hasn't listened.
1: Oh, really? No. But I feel, uh, to buy tickets for Wolf of Wall Street, you probably should have known what to expect.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But it was just, like, the fact that I went with my parents. Yeah. Right? Which, like, as an adult was just a little bit weird. And
1: any time you see sex on screen and you're with a parent, you're just like, this is never going to be okay. But, like,
0: whatever. It is what it is. Someone
1: told me that, like, once you have a kid, it's, like, less whatever, because you're, like... Well, parent, you for sure know I have a sex because yes, I, I, have children, I yes. procreated that's, that's a child. Yeah, okay, that's and fair. perhaps you were there in the waiting room while I was screaming and pushing this thing out. So
0: <laughs> I'm sure that's
1: that's less uncomfortable. But, but yeah, that, so. was, that was
0: maybe the most uncomfortable movie-watching experience that I've ever had. But only for like 15 minutes, and I just was like, well, whatever, let's see what happens. Yeah. I really liked that movie a lot.
1: I, I hated it. I hated it every second. Chris was like watching it on Sean Demand at home, and I, I had to leave the room. Half hour through, I was like, I, really? I hate this thing so oh, wow. much.
0: Wow.
1: And it's so long, so I had to, like, really hide long. in the <laughs> bedroom.
0: It is really long.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, no, I liked it a lot.
1: That and The Wolfman are the only things I've physically walked out of. Really? Yeah. I'm
0: trying to think if there's anything. I watch garbage, so, like, <laughs> I won't walk out of very much. I do remember, though, going to see, and this is, like, going way back, The One, starring Jet Lee. Because there was a time oh. in high school, I went to high school with, like, a whole bunch of, of Asian kids. Um, and so, and they were, like, they, like, pretended that they knew stuff about cars and stuff, but they didn't. Um, <laughs> and they still don't. Like, yeah. my buddy, Andrew, who, like, was, well, he's, like, he drives a Honda Fit. Like, we're just,
1: <laughs> no. Ooh, I love that. Me and Andrew <laughs> um, could be friends.
0: But, like, we went to, I remember, so, like, there was, like, a, a time when Jet Li was, like, in all of these movies, and he was just, like. He was in, like, Romeo Must Die, and Kiss of the Dragon. I think Romeo Must Must Die was the one with Aaliyah. Yes. Which is really good. And then Kiss of the Dragon was also really good. And then he was in The One. And it was just, like, Jet Li fighting Jet Li until they got to the end, and one Jet Li remained, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to see it when I was working at the movie theater with my buddy Mac. And, um... We used my free passes. Oh. And it was good because, holy God, that movie was terrible. Oh, no. Because, like, I really liked Jet Li, and so and, and so, and he did, too, I guess. And so we went and we watched it, and we're like, this is awful. So then we stuck around, and we snuck into something else. I can't remember. But, man, that movie was bad. Did
1: you stay all the way through the end?
0: Oh, yeah. We just, and I, like, had to schedule for, like, one other movie, you know. Cause yeah, I, And so yeah. we just, like, hung around in behind, and then we went and snuck into something else that wouldn't be too busy. Um, just to get our like our money's worth on our free oh, pass. Oh, for sure. Because it was so bad. Because but it's the
1: difference tricks. between like a bad movie yeah. and a garbage movie. Yes. Because a bad movie, there is nothing redeemable in it. No. And garbage and being
0: garbage for something. Yeah. There is... You, you find redeeming qualities There's in redeeming it. There's redeeming elements yes, in true. it. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, like the one I could never... I could never watch it again.
1: No. Wolfman was... So horrifically awful. (laughs) Horrifically awful.
0: Um, yeah, the one is really bad. We should absolutely do, some week we'll think of it and do it ahead of time, like a power ranking of, like, our like, it'll be five least favorite movies. Mm -hmm. Or whatever.
1: I'd be done with that. I know
0: two of yours already. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should do that. And also, like, our favorites.
1: Yeah. That's tougher.
0: That is hard. Five.
1: Could we do, like, ten? Ten? Sure. Even now it's just, like... It's so hard. It's so hard to classify them.
0: Um, speaking of favorites, I saw this, uh, Katie Nolan asked a question uh, yesterday on Twitter. About, like, what song do you think is perfect? And it doesn't have to be, like, your favorite song, mm. but it's just, like, a perfect song. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, and then I saw uh, Mike Fail, my buddy Mike Fail, answered um, an Explosions in the Sky song called Your Hand in Mine, mm-hmm. and I was like, yes, that. Oh, really? That is the one. And it's, it's like, eight minutes long it's just, it's all, it's post-rock, it's all instrumental, and it is just, it's brilliant. So good. So good. Yeah. Like, that could soundtrack my entire life. Yeah. And I'd be okay with it.
1: Oh, I'd have to think about that.
0: But anyway, yeah, we can talk, we'll talk about stuff like that in upcoming episodes.
1: After hockey season is over.
0: Yeah. Which, who knows when that's gonna be. Oh boy. Um, okay, things that we're garbage about.
1: Do you want to go first?
0: (laughs) maybe i'm just reading what i wrote in this document <laughs> I, can't, I think you need something else i do i 100 percent need something else because <laughs> that's uh, just a statement it's, it is a statement and i can't even and there's say no it. discussion no i can't even say it um what am i garbage about this week i don't know lots of stuff
1: are you reading anything
0: oh yeah that's what i wanted to talk about um i'm reading a new book i'm not quite done i want to be done with it soon, not because I want to be done with it, um, but I would just like to finish it because it's really well done. Uh, it's a collection of baseball essays um, by Stacey May Fowles. Oh, right. Um, you showed me the cover. And I'm not... I was going to give it to you today so you could take it home to read it, but I'm not finished with it yet, so I'll send it to you. On
1: oh, God. Don't even give it to me till May long.
0: Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's really good. She It's called Baseball Life Advice, and uh, she's a Blue Jays fan, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Yankees, and you can do that what you will. I don't care. Don't at me. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> um, my dad is a Yankees fan. That's like the only baseball we ever watched. I was a Blue Jays fan for a hot minute in the 90s when they were winning the World Series and then I stopped caring. But so... also, uh,
1: this is a tangent, but no sports fan needs to justify their fandom. No, I don't. And Stop I don't, with that. I, and if,
0: if you want to believe all the bullshit about the Yankees buying championships, they should literally be world champion, like World Series champions, every year, and they're not. So shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> done. Like that is the end. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, she's a she's a, a Blue Jays fan. She lives in Toronto. She's a novelist. I believe she was uh, an editor at The Wall Magazine for a while. I'm not sure. If oh, she I still like does that.
1: that. I like The Walrus.
0: Um, and she started this newsletter, this like tiny newsletter on Tiny Letter. Um, called Baseball Life Advice and I'm pretty sure I actually emailed you one of the essays uh, at one point in time and she's just she loves the Blue Jays so much and like lots of times during Jays games on Twitter she'll just tweet like a gif and it'll just say baseball and it'll just be like a happy gif or a sad gif or a confused gif and like (laughs) so I have no idea what's going on in the game I don't know what the score is but I can tell how the game is going if I follow her timeline and I think that's super cool I do too Um, so there's a collection of, of essays that she's that she's curated and uh, this book came out, um, a couple weeks ago and I pre-ordered it and I left it for a week because I had a bunch of stuff I had to finish up before I could start reading it. And I read about half of it the other night. Um, and there's all these different essays about what, you know, like being a sports fan means being a baseball fan and like mm-hmm. how, um, baseball has gotten her through some really tough times in her life, like bouts of depression and, yeah. um like fertility issues and things like that and how baseball is sort of like this thing that holds her together and how like her husband wasn't a baseball fan and there's a really great essay in there about how they share baseball even though he wasn't really a fan but at, I think it was at the beginning of the 2015 season he like had a favorite player And yeah. this was like a watershed moment in their relationship because oh it always is because now he has a favorite baseball player yeah even if it's not on the jays like now they have this thing in common and And it was really, really good. But one of the essays that really resonated with me was um, about being a female sports fan Mm -hmm. and like having to justify essentially your fandom just because you're a girl. Yeah. So I want to talk about that maybe for a minute. Sure. Because we experience this like a lot, right? We do. Being sports fans. And like, I'm a big hockey fan and I watch NFL football. Like, Sundays during football season, don't look for me anywhere but my house. Yeah. Unless the Packers aren't on national TV, and then I'll go to the bar and watch them play. Um, but, like, I know lots about the sports that I watch. Do I know every rule in the rule book? No.
1: But also, fuck you, because nobody
0: does. <laughs> Pretty Well, yeah. I mean, can I look it up? Sure. But do I care? No. Yeah. Um, and I find lots of times, like, I have to have this conversation, and I'll say something about whatever and then someone's like, oh, you just like him because he's attractive. I'm like, uh, no. No. But, like, that's a really interesting qualifier because, like, I'm also a human being. hmm And, like, when you see objectively attractive things, you are attracted to them because that's what happens. And so, like, Matthews, a biological imperative. it's super there. hot. And I don't care what anyone says. He looks a bit like a caveman, and I'm okay with that. I think he's really <laughs> hot. Um, some of my friends don't agree, and I don't care. Yeah. But, like, I have to be very careful when I talk about the Packers and talk about Clay Matthews or Aaron Rodgers or whatever, because I, I think they're attractive, but I also think they're very good at what they do.
1: Yes. And I have to
0: be very careful how I coach what I say about them, because I will say things like, um, what, I'll say something about, I don't know, Rodgers doing something great and like put a heart as um, like emoji at the end. And people will automatically assume it's because I think he's hot. Right. Not because he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game.
1: hmm
0: Right. And like, to me, that's just super frustrating. We're having to qualify why I like a certain player. Yeah. Like, can I just like a player? Like, all aspects? Or some of them? Or exactly. one of them? And I don't like, see that, that
1: qualification happening in the Olympics on the, the men are all Like, oh, that women's volleyball. It's like, oh, really? Are do you, do you a of fan can of their athleticism? Yeah. And what's their record so far? How did they where, Where'd she go, to, the where she go to university? Yeah. yeah. Where'd,
0: she to, where'd she go to college? Where'd she play a college ball? Like, yeah. they, I don't... And, and they don't have to answer these questions. But I always feel... That there's this, like, expectation that I'll, in order to be a fan, I have to know so much more stuff. Yes. And I have to be able to to talk about the intricacies of the game, like, almost as, like, a rite of passage into fandom. And that's really fucking annoying. Oh, of course. And, because, like, I probably know more than you.
1: And that's why I felt, you know, so weirdly insulted when the NHL.com article came out because they couched us going to the game with noted taylor hall fan
0: i mean you are but the
1: word yeah noted, noted yeah. wouldn't it be proven
0: yeah i mean yeah that's yeah maybe that
1: phrasing is such a subtle form of that same type of i don't i don't yeah is it misogyny no I, it's like i don't know what it is but then true. also one of the questions was like well why else are you a fan of him and I felt obligated to be like, well, he's friggin' good on the ice, but he's also amazing in his community. Like, he works yeah. with Big Brothers Big Sisters.
0: Yeah. In his hometown. And he's probably not a douchebag. Just saying. But still, like, if this
1: was a man who went, would that question be asked?
0: I don't think oh, so. Oh, of course. 100% no. No. The assumption is, of course not. No. Um,
1: the assumption is, you as a man went to follow your player because you love the sport so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, as a woman, the assumption is that you you followed your player because you want to have sex with him. Like, I don't know if that's the...
1: Oh, okay. my God. I'm <laughs> having flashbacks to <laughs>
0: Bud Mary Gill last week now. But no. that's the assumption, right? Like, I don't know. But, it and to me, like, that's just really... Um, it's damaging. It is damaging. Because, like, sometimes it's hard to find, like, to talk about sports with people. Yes. Because I have to prove a body of knowledge like that conversation i had with my buddy rory earlier today about like how because he's a man he could just tell this guy that he was just being an idiot yeah about that nurse cleft argument whereas like if i had said that mm-hmm. i'd have to explain why i wouldn't ha- I, I would have to have like es- essentially like a body of evidence to talk about why somebody like oscar clefbaum is better for a team than someone like darnell nurse yeah um Which is the same thing as, like, the Norris Trophy conversation right now. Like, I could talk until I'm blue in the face about why Eric Carlson deserves the Norris Trophy from now until eternity. Yeah. Um, And no one will listen to what I have to say Mm -hmm. without me having to, like, back it up with a whole bunch of numbers and a whole bunch of stats. Whereas, like, dudes could just be like, Carlson's better than Doughty, which is objectively true. Mm -hmm. But they don't really have to. But it's
1: objectively believed at that moment.
0: Yeah. And that's super, super frustrating. So, like, this book, this Baseball Life Advice, I like it for a lot of reasons. I like it because it's written from, obviously, like, a woman wrote it, Mm -hmm. so I like that part of it, Um, and so some of her experiences as a fan are similar to mine, but I also really like it because it kind of transcends sport. Like, I'm not a huge baseball fan. I I would think that there's, like, really good storylines in baseball, and there's really good poetry in baseball, Mm -hmm. and it is a beautiful game. It really is. Um, It's hard to watch sometimes.
1: 100%. Especially on TV.
0: On TV, it's tough to watch. Sometimes you get a good game on TV, and, like, it's too bad he's not doing it anymore, but, like, Vince Gully would call just beautiful games. And, mm-hmm. like, listening to Vince Gully talk about baseball is a great thing. And so, like, I like that she's got this perspective as a baseball fan, and this is the sport that she's chosen, and she talks about how she came into it because she'd go to the ballpark with her dad, and, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff with it. But what I also really like is that she's, like, very, very... Unironically passionate about this game, yes. and like she the sub the subtitle of the book is it's like baseball life advice, and loving the game that saved me.
1: Yeah, how and powerful it
0: is fascinating. and So like if you get a chance to pick it up, you should. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really really well done, and she's a great writer. And so yeah, if you if you're interested in good sports writing, there's some good sports writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that would be that would be the thing that this week has kind of got me got me thinking about stuff, and I'm kind of working on a writing project. That maybe doesn't mimic that, but is sort of in that vein. hmm And maybe I'll get it done eventually sometime. Who knows? I have a real job that I have to, like... This is extremely tough. That to takes start. 60 hours a week of my life. Yeah. So the writing is kind of by the wayside a lot of the times. Yeah. Someday I'll have time. Someday. What about you? What you got?
1: Uh, I have been reading, or rather listening to, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Worst book ever. By Margaret Atwood. And it's... It's hard. It's very hard. It is. There's um, uh, a Hulu, I think. Hulu's doing it? I
0: think it's Hulu, yeah.
1: Hulu, and maybe. Oh, it's coming out on Bravo in Canada. I yeah. Think, is making a, a mini series about it. Uh, and if you're not aware, it's set uh, in a future. And a lot of people are calling it dystopian, but I think the word that fits it a little bit better is speculative fiction. Okay. Because um, there's elements of dystopia that seem too fantastical. Like Hunger Games, dystopia. Yes. This has enough connection to real life and real politics that I don't think dystopia fits it. It's like what Atwood imagines the next three steps of history yes. could be.
0: Kind of like in a way that like V for Vendetta is sort of the next step yes. or two. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Which I think that label fits a little bit better. So it's essentially this future in which a extremist uh, fundamentalist. It's labeled as Christian in in the novel. Uh, regime has essentially taken over, and changed society top to bottom so that um, society has been stratified into these different layers. And at the top are these essentially. The they're called commanders and the wives, but they're the yeah. people who are loyal to the regime and follow the regime's beliefs, value systems, whatever. They have all the power. It's
0: very much it's structured a lot. If I remember, I've only read it one time, but I remember like it's very a lot structured, like um what the Soviet Union was structured like yes. that way, where you have like the party secretary, party and then, like, people, yeah,
1: yeah, and then you've got the underlings, and then the people who actually essentially laborers who create the world yes. and keep things going, and uh, the handmade aspect of the tale is about these women in society because of uh, nuclear things that have happened in radioactive there's maybe one in four people are now sterile or sorry three in four people are now sterile and so reproduction of society is a problem so these women who before this whole takeover happened had children uh, they've been taken away and sequestered and brainwashed and now they essentially are baby makers so the main character is this woman called Offred, who her name is, she's renamed every time she becomes a new handmaid, and she's named to be a product or a commodity or is owned of Fred. Fred is her commander. Yeah. Fred is the person who she's supposed to create a baby with. Yeah. Um, and so it's very topical, even though it was written, I think, in 85. Um, very much about politicizing and ownership of women's bodies and reproductive systems and all that things, and it's very dark and it's very joyless, and That's it's a tough. Word for it. Joyless, I think, is probably the yeah. best one. It's it's very tough. It's a hard read. It's a hard read because there's no moments where the character has success.
0: No, no. How far along are you?
1: And um, I think it's 12 hours and I think I have three left. Okay. So I'm pretty far.
0: Okay. I remember reading it. I was, we taught it at the first high school that I taught Yeah, it's at
1: my school. I think the AP30s yeah, probably do it. Yeah, and it was it. IB 30 And,
0: yep. um, I hated it. I was so angry when I finished reading it. I'm not a big Margaret Atwood fan, so and I, I think that's that.
1: But I think that's the purpose of the novel is But I don't know angry. if I was
0: angry for the same reasons other people are angry. Right. I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'll just we'll talk about that
1: at another time. Some other time,
0: but I remember being very angry. Yeah. At the end of that book, like like um, Bradley Cooper and Silver Linings Playbook like, throwing the book out the window, <laughs> I'm angry. like that night, and I haven't picked it up since.
1: I'm not. I'm not that point angry yet. I. What bothers me is that it it makes me sad. Yeah. It does make me sad. In to a point where good books do that good books destroy you Mm -hmm. but there's a sense of empowerment in that destruction. yeah because you feel connected to that character or when a book is done and you've got that sense of loss yeah with this it just feels like grieving throughout and that's 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 an uncomfortable reading experience
0: yeah because you see the point you make about like you feel a sense of loss sometimes when you read, read a book or whatever and like Sometimes when somebody that I know is reading a book that I really love for the first time, I'm just so envious that they get to experience that. Because yeah. I've, I've already experienced it for the first time. Handmaid's Tale is not one of those books. I know. Um, it, it feels a lot to me, like Schindler's List, in the way that I feel Absolutely. like people should experience it and read it and take it in. But it's not something that you would sit down on a Saturday.
1: To enjoy. You
0: wouldn't, like, you wouldn't be Instagramming your reading of The Handmaid's Tale. I mean, like, no. look how awesome my Saturday is. Because I think just, like, the, the subject matter and the way that it's dealt with, I think, is important. Yeah. Um, because, like you say, like, this idea of it being sort of speculative fiction. I'm not so sure that that's not a possibility. Yes. Right? In so many ways. hmm And so the idea that, like, that could be where we're heading... Is terrifying. is terrifying
1: and that might be that it's a bit heavier for us than it would be for other readers i am really curious i don't know i didn't look at that how it was received in 84 i know it won a whole bunch of like science fiction awards mm-hmm. and, and things like that but yeah um i'm curious as to not the critical reception but public
0: reception yeah it's um
1: because I feel like that feminism wave of 60s and 70s had perhaps lulled 80s Oh, 90s. maybe a little bit, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and you were saying before we, before we hit record, um, there was like a and a thing with the cast of this miniseries. Yeah,
1: it was a... They aired... Because there's a two-hour finale and they had an airing for, for fans and for critics uh, last night, the night before, somewhere, probably LA, probably New York, I don't know. But um, the cast and the creators are emphatically disagreeing with people who are couching... This text as a feminist text or a political text, or that the topics in it are feminist and and political. Newsflash. It a hundred percent is.
0: It's a political feminist text. There is no getting around it.
1: And even um, the the main character Elizabeth Moss, who a lot of her work I re- respect, um, she was saying, no, it's not. You know, it's not about feminism. It's about it's a human text. It's a human story. No, it's not. No, it's no. Not. It can't be because men
0: can't. <laughs> have the babies. Like, that's as simple, it's as simple as that. Women are literally commodities. If if the handmaid's function wasn't to have children, if their function was something different...
1: If their function was companionship... Then it could be then absolutely it could be a human, human text. Because
0: you'd also have men doing the same thing. Yes. But because it's exclusively reproduction, it can't be anything but a feminist text. Like, yeah. there's no, I don't think there's another reading of it.
1: And to deny that is, to deny its power as a text, yes. which is so frustrating. Yes. But I've also read that Atwood also said that when the book came out, that it wasn't to be a feminist text because she labeled it as the the men, things have been taken away from them in society. Like in the book, men and women and humans cannot physically touch each other except for yes. this
0: reproductive act. Yes.
1: So they're being there are things taken and away from you, them
0: that's why I was so angry when you get to the end you'll know but yes, okay. that's why I was so angry about it yes that's what made me so angry but it's 100% it's feminist and it's political and maybe maybe because of when it was published like in 1984, 85 or whatever like maybe that was part of the reason that she said that I too. think
1: at that point it would have made it less marketable yeah and I understand her tangent there but yeah. in this climate of, of culture and poli- yes. politics especially because it's being produced in the United States yeah How could you not say that it's political? Yeah.
0: I mean, if you don't want to acknowledge the feminist aspect of it, like, that's your problem, clearly. But, like, you have to at least acknowledge that it is political.
1: And that shows that you don't understand the text. And that's why, as soon as I read that, I was like, well, I don't care about watching this series. I'm curious. Because they don't get it.
0: I'm curious. But for that reason, I'm kind of curious to watch it. Right, just to sort of see like all the things
1: that I've heard. If it's not
0: feminist, then what is it? it? What's the veil that they're? All the things that I've heard is that
1: it's like it's powerful and it's visually dynamic. I'm like, okay, then there might be a loss of substance happening there.
0: Yeah, which I never, I don't don't remember getting the sense of it being a visually dynamic kind of thing, like other
1: than their descriptions of what their clothing is. Yes, because that's beyond that. Everything very much
0: like cattle, almost everything else to me felt like. Emotional. Yeah. It's deeply emotional. Yeah. Sort of, and it's sort of like in the description of like where they are and whatnot, feels a lot like in 1984. Yeah. It's very utilitarian and whatever. So, like, the the architecture doesn't really matter because it's all, it's essentially nondescript. It's, it's just yeah. nondescript, right? Yeah. Um, so, how could something like that be visually stunning? I don't know. And I, so, I kind of maybe want to watch. I kind of, does I'm going to have to read the fucking book again?
1: No, me. I don't think
0: so. I might. Just to like. Refresh? Yeah, recontextualize. I'll still be angry about it. On not Audible, can
1: I send you a, a book that I
0: bought? I'm not sure. I have I pay for like the whatever, so I, get I have a free that too one every month. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I could use my credit for.
0: Book nerds, yeah. right here. I use audiobooks in school a lot. And that's, that's why that's what I, buy I got it for, too.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I saw you doing that and I was like, God, this is brilliant. And
0: then I don't ever have to worry about like someone else having the audiobook or whatever. Yeah. And I can just use it. and It's good and it remembers where you are. I can put like chapter sections and stuff, so I know exactly where things are. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant teacher tool it is um twitter questions yeah go ahead so we uh, got three questions from uh librarian mike because uh, hi mike Thanks hi for mike you're rockstar mike um so he his first question was what feels sweeter the flames being swept the blackhawks being swept or john Tortorella out i'm just gonna go out on a limb here and be like the blackhawks
1: yeah it's 100 percent blackhawks
0: 100 i the flames didn't deserve to be swept they were better than losing four games
1: And also, I don't, there's a lot of this, you know, Battle of Alberta bullshit. I don't have any
0: pleasure
1: out of. Many of my family members and my husband and my friends are Flame fans because I'm from Renair, split (laughs) halfway through the province. There's a lot of mixing of fandom in there. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't cause me joy to see them in pain. No,
0: and I don't think, except for when I was a small child, that I've ever really hated the Cowboy Flames. Like, I always loved Theo Fleury and, like, when McDonald still played, like, I loved his mustache. Like, you know, I remember, like, things like that. Um, that
1: explains a lot. It though.
0: really kind of does. Lanny <laughs> McDonald
1: may have been
0: um, the start. It's possible um, of a certain aesthetic. Um, that got awkward real quick. <laughs> um, but no, like I've never, I've never hated the Flames like a lot of people do. Right, yeah. and so like the I, I see it on Twitter all the time. People are like ah fucking Flames, blah blah blah, and I'm just like yeah, Blackhawks are out. Mm-hmm. And what really matters is that three of the hundred greatest players in NHL history. (laughs) Couldn't make it through the first round. The same number of playoff games this year as Taylor Hall. Just saying. That is the best thing that's happened.
1: (laughs) I do love that. And what was the third thing? There was three things. John
0: Tortorella being out. uh, because the Columbus is out now, right? Yeah. I like Torts. He's a good soundbite, but I don't think he's a great coach.
1: No, and I don't I don't agree with his perspective that being an asshole to guarantee success is No a good thing to do. I no. don't think you can treat people like shit. No. That, you know, ends justify the means. Bullshit. I'm not on board no, with I that. No, I don't like
0: it. Like, remember when he tried to start that fight when he was coaching in Vancouver? Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, another question from Librarian Mike is, um, what is your favorite book about hockey? That is a really hard question and I'm gonna have to go with The Hockey sweater.
1: I was gonna say that too. That's, cause I read that, what, elementary probably? I love it. I don't remember anything about it. Most
0: of my friends who have kids, I give them a copy of that book. Yeah. Just to make sure that they get them going on the right track. Um, what's funny about that question, I haven't read, um, actually, well, I read Bob McKenzie's Hockey Dad, I think the Hockey Dad is yeah. and, uh, Ken Dryden is a good writer, um, and anything, I'll read anything that he writes. Um, there's a, a chapter in a book called Canadians by Roy McGregor about hockey, and it deals with, um... It starts off with this Habs fan who lives up in the Saguenay region of Quebec, um, and they, him and his son had traveled down to Montreal when Rocket Richard died. Oh, um, for like because they his body lay uh, in, state. Laid in state for three days or four days or whatever. Which it was. Is so Canadian, so so well, so Quebecois. Really.
1: Yes, so um, but, true.
0: But but they were from like sort of historically Nordiques territory, okay, okay, okay. and they were but they were Habs fans, and so they came down and 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 they were late to get in, and it's like every time I read this chapter in this book, I cry. Mm. Um and it just it's a beautiful piece of writing. Um but I have found I haven't read a lot of hockey books.
1: No, I don't think I have like yeah. other than the hockey story, I think when um Theo's book came out I read sections of it.
0: Oh, I read the whole thing in a night.
1: It it was then really I well done. Then I it was sleep. powerful. Um but also not really a hockey book. No. No. Um But I don't, I don't really like to pursue reading about hockey.
0: I read, I read, I'll read sports books, um, and I've read, like, the Friday Night Lights book, um, that the movie was based on. Mm -hmm. I love. It's wonderful. Um, but I've just recently read, um, a book called The Brothers K by David James Duncan, and it's a baseball book. It's it's fiction, and it's just gorgeous. Mm. And then I just started reading, um... Another one by him called The River Why, and it's about fly fishing.
1: Oh, interesting. And it's
0: phenomenal. He's a great writer. Um, but I would say that I've had this conversation with lots of people about sports writing, and I think that baseball the provides best the writing? best yeah. writing, fiction, nonfiction, it doesn't matter. Like, I still remember reading the Sports Illustrated article. I still have the the magazine, actually, from right after Derek Jeter's 3,000th hit. Yeah. And there's this, just this gorgeous paragraph in there about, like, how poetic it was that his 3,000th hit was a home run, and he went 5 for 5 that day. Like, it's just all of the magic. And, like, yeah. I wasn't there. I watched it on TV. I obviously wasn't there, but just, like, I feel like I was by reading those kind of things. But, yeah, I don't really read a lot of hockey stuff either.
1: No, I like, I do like sports writing. Um, One of the things that I've tried to bring into my classroom this year is in terms of nonfiction, using the Players' Tribune magazine articles. So they're so good. And I've used three of the three things that Kobe's, Written Dear Basketball, letter to my younger self, and then this new one, I forget the
0: Kobe's title. Kobe's a crazy person. He's a crazy. This person. last one was insane.
1: But I use them all as introductions into stories and texts about ambition and success and, and motivation, and especially for Gatsby and Macbeth.
0: That's awesome.
1: And for some kids, that's that's a, a good way, way to get in. them.
0: That is a good way
1: in. And I really like how the Players Tribune you hear. The voice of the players. Oh
0: yeah, and like I almost every time I read one of those, like my kids will be working on something and I'll read, be reading while they're working, and and they're over, very emotional, and right. I'll usually there'll be tears in my eyes. Yeah. Um, and then I'll retweet it, and I'll be like it's really dusty in here because yeah, usually whatever I read will make me cry. Um,
1: and I'm actually excited Tim Raines has a memoir coming out. Yeah. And I like to read and consume a lot of what Jonah Carey does, even though I'm not a huge baseball fan, and I think his. Autobiography or memoir,
0: however he's couching yeah.
1: it, would be really interesting. I think so
0: too. I think that'd be really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, so hockey books, not so much, but like I could talk for a long time. Another really good baseball book that I've read is called The Art of Fielding by Chad Harbach. Hmm. It is one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all about baseball, but the baseball stuff in it is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's beautiful. Um, and even. Is that the short story? No, it's a novel.
1: But there's a short story about the people who come and replace the, um, well, my, yeah. Sod. yeah. I just read it this year. I can't remember who read um, it. Um,
0: and then there was another, uh, another book that I've read that has this little tiny, like, bit of sport in it that just is magic to me. Um, it's called Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. And this kid, Corey Mackinson is the kid's name, and him and his buddies are playing baseball. And there's, like, all this weird magic voodoo stuff going on, like, in wherever they live. And, um... He, there, somebody hits this ball, and it just like disappears into the sky. Mm-hmm. And then years later, and they're they're also they're looking for this like arrowhead that was buried and there's a whole. And years later, he comes back home, brings his wife and daughter, and the daughter finds his ball. His ball, and it's just like I was reading it on the plane on the way home from Vancouver, and it, yeah. I gasped because uh. I was rereading it, but I had forgotten about that, and I gasped, and the guy beside me looked it Sorry. It's just a good book. Yeah, it's so good. Um so stuff I like stuff like that. That's yeah. good. Um and his uh, Mike's other question made us laugh. Congratulations, you are the new NHL Commissioner. What are your first three actions or two after you banned Patrick Caton? Um acknowledge that PK Subban should be the face of the league yes. for now until eternity. hundred. Because he's amazing and we love him. We love him.
1: And He that amazing quote from the hockey news. Was it the hockey news? That interview? Yes. Where they're talking about best dress, and the the, um, writer was like, well, I noticed you didn't say Henrik, like, you know, a lot of players. And he's like, has Henrik pumped my tires? Yeah. best dressed? Yeah. No? Okay, well, then I'll give him some cred when he gives me some cred. And I was like, yes, PK! Yeah, so good. Yes! Um,
0: I don't know what else I would do. Yeah, make PK the face of the league, and... um, Uh,
1: Restructure overtime, I think.
0: Yeah, maybe.
1: If it's not... No, if you
0: can't decide playoff game with a shootout, there shouldn't be a shootout.
1: Yeah, or just make some consistency there. That's yeah. really dumb. I don't like offsides.
0: Or make people read the rule book before they buy tickets. That's what <gasps> I would do. That's, there you so go. Done salty. deal. Done deal. Read the rule book. So salty. Take a test before you buy the tickets.
1: <gasps> oh my God, you sound like Kelly Leach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can take that back. Um. Yeah, no. Anyway, that's what we could do.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you ready? No, I'm not.
0: But yes, I deserve it. You do deserve it's it. It's 100%.
1: Okay, go. So, we... You know the torture I went through last week? This... It wasn't
0: even really torture.
1: A bedwed beehead. And we have to caveat with this, because these are the rules that we've decided... We've established. So, to marry is to just be essentially
0: BFF for life. Yeah.
1: There's no funny business. Yeah. Because otherwise... Like The someone F1 did, yeah. doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, the, true, yeah. There's no point in... There's no
1: stakes on even choosing yeah. them. Otherwise. So, like,
0: as we put this, uh, was that Malcolm who sent you the thing about Taylor Hall last week when we, what you had chosen? Yes. So basically what Malcolm said was he wasn't surprised that Kelsey picked what she picked because he couldn't imagine that she'd want to be married <laughs> to a human golden retriever.
1: <laughs> Which is the Which best description of so Taylor great. Hall of all So time. great. Thank you,
0: Malcolm. Um, so, yeah, it's fair. So, yeah, the... Whoever you're marrying, it's just you're married.
1: It's platonic. Yeah. You're yes. with them forever, Forever, but that's it.
0: But, and then whoever it is that you're going to bed, it's because you really want to bone them. Like, yes, that's essentially it. Okay, and it's let's, essentially one and done. Let's do this. Uh,
1: I have three sets for you.
0: Here, Te- I'm not terrified.
1: We're going to start with, I already have
0: a reaction for this. We're good. I'm fine.
1: <laughs> We're going to start with, uh, they're all thematic, of course. of course. We're going to start with, uh, Fast and Furious People. Yes! I love it! So, firstly, because I think this is the easiest one, the most obvious one. Uh, Jason Statham. Ooh. Of course, The Rock.
0: Yep. And thirdly, Tyrese. Holy Jesus, I'd kill Tyrese. Shut up. Stop talking, Tyrese. Really? Yeah, I couldn't handle it. Oh. Um, (laughs) um, yeah, just hands down. Um, oh, that's a really hard one. (laughs) Now that we've established, like, the legit parameters. Yeah. Um. I think I'd marry Jason them
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Because we kind of. I thought kinda, you'd
1: go the opposite we talk, way. We talked
0: about, yeah, but, I, yeah, I, I, I'd fuck the rock. Um, <laughs> just, there you go. But I think we talked about this last week, like, not on here, but just, like, we talked a little bit about his shtick. I yes. think we get old. After a while. E- you know I'm on board. I'm on board. Okay. I think that's why. There
1: you go. See, my version of going the other way was that he is like, he's so much of a family man. And I admired that. Yeah, but that's... that's no, no,
0: no. Which, for me, whatever. that's not really a thing. Yeah, so, whatever. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I But you I think fair. the shtick would get old after a while. Yeah. And also, he wakes up like four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> get ready for number two. Yeah. I think you're going to get angry on this one. Um, from Pitch, Mike Lawson... From Outlander, Jamie Fraser. Okay. And from The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon.
0: Oh my lord, fuck you. (laughs) First of all, how dare you? And second of all, how How dare dare you? you? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Um... Okay, I'm gonna kill Jamie Fraser. Oh,
1: I knew you're gonna do that. <laughs> that Damn hurts
0: it! Is because she's from like the olden times, and I would have to go. That that yeah. You I'd don't want to wanna go back, back, back then. No, I okay, don't go back got it. <sighs> um. Oh my god. Oh my god. If you're not
1: aware, Mike Lawson on pitch is played by
0: Mark Paul Gosselaar, who was Zach Morris on, on Saved by the Bell, and he liked one of my tweets once, and it was really great. I remember texting you. On that. Yes. Yeah.
1: So there's you know there's some major heat there. Oh.
0: Uh, that's, that's tough
1: But um, then we've got Gerald Dixon He's just got arms He's all arms actually he's, And he's kind
0: of gross His legs are arms <laughs> His legs are arms <laughs> <laughs> So as Okay so I think Oh my god this is really really tough And
1: dinner is just awful for podcasting
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know even what to say Michael Osmer or Daryl Dixon Like I have lots of reasons to pick either for both um yeah. I'm this gonna... is
1: not a game of logic megan this is a game of passion
0: <laughs> i don't know what to do um this was, that's like really difficult i think i'm gonna have to say that i would marry michael
1: i knew you're gonna do that that's the only choice
0: yeah because like for a lot if you, if you haven't watched bitch you should it was 10 episodes on fox and hopefully it gets renewed because it was really 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 well done um, yeah, I think I would marry Mike Lawson, mm-hmm. just because, like, yeah, he seems like...
1: There's some things there.
0: Yeah, that's what I would
1: do. For a long-term situation. For a long-term situation. No. He just and, wants to be loved. Yeah, and Daryl, he's and just he not looks, good long-term. He he's looks... got no long-term
0: plans. Also, they're zombies.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. want to live there.
0: I yeah, I, that's what I would do.
1: I never thought of living in that world that they embody for mine. You're thinking this deeper than I did. I still regret all my choices. <laughs> okay.
0: And lastly. I'm terrified about this one now. Yeah. I feel like this is athletes. It's tough. Yeah. It's really, really like tough. Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews, and I hate you. Oh, it's worse. <laughs> you are the
1: worst. Well, it's Taylor Hall, of course. Yeah, of course. And there's Clay Matthews. Yep. But there's also Brett Favre.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just had a hard attack. I'm dead. There's, I can't. Um. Um. Oh, my Lord. Whew. I can't. I can't. I really
1: love being on this side of it. It's really
0: enjoyable. It's terrible. Like, Brett is my all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of a gross perv, and he sent dick pics to somebody. So, yep. I'm gonna kill Brett Favre. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa. Or maybe just, like, lock him in the Tower of London. Maybe I won't actually behead him. I'll <laughs> just, like, put him in prison.
1: That's really specific.
0: Because I don't really... Well, I'm, you know, like, the bedwet behead. I'm just thinking, like, that Henry VIII Right. Process. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think so. Um... Gonna have to marry Clay Matthews. Wow. Same reason as you, Same let's be real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a human golden retriever.
1: Human golden retriever. So thanks,
0: Malcolm, for the help You've on You've
1: really one. blown our world open with that classification of golden retriever. So yeah. thank you, Malcolm.
0: For yeah. That. But it made that one real easy. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I love Taylor Hall, but he failed his boning exam twice. It's open book. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, it's a good thing he's pretty.
1: And he's good at hockey. And
0: he's good at hockey. But like, it's also a good thing that he's, he's pretty.
1: pretty. <laughs> also, I don't get why people don't think he's pretty. That's just like mind blowing to me.
0: <laughs> I don't understand you people. I don't uh, understand it's you. Taylor Hall appreciation hour. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's that. That's what
1: we got. You went through that much faster than I expected.
0: There's a lot of like internal turmoil. Huh, tur- turmoil right now. Yeah.
1: No regrets. I don't think so. Okay.
0: I don't think so. No, the, like, the athlete one, no, I, there's no regrets there.
1: I honestly didn't, I thought you were going to kill Taylor. I 100% I thought you were going kill to Taylor, kill Taylor, marry Brett Favre, and then...
0: No, the I've never cried over, I couldn't kill Taylor, <laughs> I <cried over laughs> Taylor. Like, I've I Taylor. never <laughs> cried over Brett Favre. Actually, that's a lie, I cried over Brett Favre too, when he retired, <laughs> the first time. Um, so
1: we have not cried over Clay yet.
0: Not yet. Mm. I was a little heartbroken when I found out he was married with a baby.
1: That was a real secret. It was a
0: super secret. I saw a picture of that off-season, like, before I found that out, of him holding a baby. And now I understand that to be his child. Yeah. But, like, I didn't know.
1: And, like, kudos to him.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, like, super on the down low. Which is great.
1: Which is great. Then that's a good choice for Mary, then.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. 100%. I'm
1: with you. Done. I'm super disappointed about how we still have a friendship right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, oh, I'm still, like, the fictional character one is bothering me a lot, well, because I really don't know if I made the right choice, but we're going to go with it, because I don't want to time travel, and I don't want to live with the zombies, so... Yeah. And Mike Lawson looks like a lumberjack. He's got the beard, wears a lot. He'd look great in photos. Looks really good in sweatpants. Mm,
1: ooh. Yeah. That's a good qualifier. Yeah. For it, a partner.
0: It is a good qualifier. Good like, in Like, sweatpants... sweatpants a t-shirt, bare feet. It's yeah. good. Make a question a lot of it. <laughs> my... She's going to have to watch pages, What she's going to have to I do. I
1: know. It's hard to find time. Um, okay.
0: that's We talked for a really long time. Two hours and six minutes. Oh, boy. Yeah. But my computer still has 435 <laughs> hours and 43 minutes left. We can talk a lot about Taylor <laughs> Hall. Or why Jamie Fraser deserves to be killed. I
1: don't know. No. 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 I don't agree with that statement. Well, we can have that conversation. Technically, he's been dead a long time. That's why it's weird. That's... <laughs> 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 and technically he's a fictional character.
0: Well, there is that. There's that. There is that. Um, Yeah, so uh, you got any thank yous? Anyone you want
1: to... Um, oh, Just thank you to Taylor Hall. <laughs> thank you for that picture from Coachella. Yeah. Proving to us that you are just a human golden retriever. <laughs>
0: you really are.
1: If he, like, experienced the Arkells, I'm going to be so
0: um, hurt. So Taylor Hall has posted, like, three things on Instagram in the last two months. Yeah. And we've both flipped our shit.
1: Because, <laughs> like we said before, we the you get the notification.
0: And we're a little bit obsessed.
1: Yes, and it sets your world on fire it each does. time. Because,
0: because, like Kelsey said, the first in the first week, like it looks like a when you get a notification, notification, like when someone likes your poster or whatever, and you're like, oh, never mind, you just posted something. But then yeah. you have to go look right away. Of course. Because I looked at it, and then I was like, oh my god, did you see? But by the time I had said that, she had already like sent-, sent it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh somebody else there gonna listen to this and be like man we could make some money off of these girls just unpacking all of their problems
1: like a psychiatrist yeah i already see one so we're good <laughs> someone already takes my money um
0: i don't have any other thank yous other than Tyler that de- for existing yeah um
1: especially that black and white photo oh yeah that's a good photo, it is a good photo. we'll <laughs> put that on the website too
0: we will yeah sure why not <laughs> um um, I don't know. Do I have any thank yous? Oh, I want to say a shout out to Rick at the Pint, because I, I went to the Pint on Tuesday to watch the hockey game. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we got our bills, that was the 7-0 drubbing. Um, and when we got our bills, uh, we got like a friends and family discount. Oh,
1: that's which nice. Which is real nice. You spent a lot of money at the Pint, I do
0: spend a lot of money and time at the Pint. So a little, so little bit say. is about
1: like, oh, about time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but like, still, also
0: thanks, thanks, that. And also, I'm going to maybe like make people mad at this, but like, thanks to Patrick Marlow for having a beautiful wrist shot. He got me some points that game. Just saying. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's good. fair. Uh, um,
1: yeah. I think still thank you to Davis for the logo. Yeah, that's. And amazing. thanks to Larissa
0: for giving us some ideas. Some yes, to talk about. we will use those ideas for sure.
1: And Malcolm for human. Yeah, golden, <laughs> retriever. golden retriever. You thank will you never
0: not see it. There you go, guys. So there you go.
1: Ah, human golden retriever. H. G. R. That took me a while. <laughs> That's a new acronym.
0: Um, yeah. So we have a website, like we said. Yes. Um, it's I, just a WordPress site, but uh, it's Garbage Fire Pod?
1: Podcast, I think, com. Yeah, Garbage Fire
0: Podcast, .wordpress.com. We'll put so it we'll on put, the Twitter, too. Yeah, and we'll put links to... Uh,
1: I think it's on my Twitter bio right now.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. I have other stuff on my Twitter bio right now, so yeah. Um. I... We'll put links to some of the stuff that we talk about, like that CBC article about Bill O'Reilly and yeah. pictures that we just referenced, apparently.
1: Let <laughs> <laughs> would just be screenshots from my own phone.
0: Yeah. Um, no, we can do the Instagram on the computer. That's true. We can do screenshots that way. Um, and then you can follow us on Twitter at Garbage And you can email us if you want at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com.
1: And it does make it so much more fun for us and for you if you join us in the conversation. So if you've read that article and, you know, agree or disagree, or Megan loves to be in Twitter fights, as we know. I like
0: the Twitter fights if you want to fight with me. Let's do it.
1: The more you engage with us and the more we can engage with you, the better this experience will be. Yeah. So we really encourage you to do that. Uh, I am on Twitter at Garbage Fire Kels.
0: And I am on Twitter at mc 14 and I am very close to 100,000 tweets. And I was like, "How are people still following me?" Thank you all. Like, so how much. close are you? Like 300 away, maybe not even.
1: This is what I want you to do with your afternoon: 300, just Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall. I can't do it. Taylor Hall. After I another, no. After another I have Twitter.
0: followers, <laughs> and then they would go away. It's not even. No, it's not even 300. <laughs> it's like 250. Mm. And then
1: 100,000. Um. What so- if it was H? G R. Just over and, over and <laughs> I over. had to redo it in my head again. I need it tattooed on my oh, wrist. Oh,
0: people would be so angry. Um, like my dad said, they would all put me on mute. Um <laughs> yeah, so you can follow me there if you want. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would, but please do. Um and sometime this week, presumably if the others win this series, you can find the you pucked out Daddy eulogy for the San Jose Sharks written by yours truly.
1: Which is so awesome. Which is so super cool I'm and so terrifying.
0: Excited. So like selfishly, I kind of want the sharks to win this round so that I have more, more time. this. Because I gotta have it done 48 hours after they get eliminated.
1: Which is fair. I get that. It's
0: it's fair. I have an idea for how I want to frame it. Yeah. Um. It might have a reference to Joe Thornton and a rooster trick. We'll see. See what happens. So excited. Um. So yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all in the dumpster. Bye bye.